will field it on the bounce. And Lofton has himself a base hit. He got on base. That's, uh, that's his job. Wood winds up. And it's hit hard right back up the middle. So we're going to come back. Okay, we're here, guys. All right. So mics are on. Everything's on. We are on. Sports Goofs. Number 69, everybody. Nice. nice. Yes. Yes. It's been, oh, sheesh, more than a month, month and a half since we were last on. That, I mean, we, we needed to take a bit of a break, but I didn't realize that, well, <laughs> things kind of went a little nuts in the sports world, that's for sure, and in the real world as well, in that time span. And, well, Charles, as you said before we came on here, I you needed this. I think we all needed this. Andrew, you're going insane from studying for the bar. You need this as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it is time to just talk about sports and and get things going. So uh, as you can see on the on the screen here, we've got the sports crawl is back. Baseball, hockey, basketball, those things are going on. Uh, on the bottom right corner, you'll see I'll have the Miami Heat game on. If you guys are trying to get an illegal stream of the game on me, if you're watching our stream just to watch the Heat game, you've got problems because uh, it's a really tiny screen and you can you can only hear us. And on the main screen, we've got uh, MLB Slugfest loaded for the PlayStation 2. So we'll have that going on in the background. And yeah, just a bunch of stuff happened. Over the last month, I don't even know where to start. There's just so much. I mean, Andrew, I know you've got some stuff talking about college football and whether whether we're going to have a season or not. Uh, Charles, is wrestling over the past month and a half, what's gone down there, and, and including a venture from Senor Dwayne Johnson uh, trying to resurrect a football league. And, and uh, well... And, well, my baseball team, half the team got knocked out due to the virus. So that's going to be fun to talk about. And I got a Gottlieb goon that I need to tear uh, a new one right open for sure. Uh, I say let's start with baseball, if I'm being honest. I mean, sure. That was, that was the, the kind of the, the big story, if you will, for a lot of it. it. I mean, they were the first ones to actually get back, which is... Strange because they were the ones that seemed like over all of this time period because of the labor issues that they wouldn't come back or sort of something stupid like that. But yes, Andrew, baseball has started July 23rd, the start of the regular season. Charles is ready to give Garrett Cole a hand job. And uh... yes, <laughs> that I am. There, there is for those out there, we have basically what I have called a hand job derby. For every time Garrett Cole just only pitches out one run per start, and the funny backstory is the one time I brought it up into existence, he let up a two-run homer. So I guess Garrett Cole doesn't like my hands, but he only <laughs> let up one run last night after six innings, gentlemen. And I gotta work out my wrist for the guy because worth every penny. And we'll talk more about that when my yeah. time comes. This is episode sixty-nine, folks. We're uninhibited today. Uh, Andrew, he's normally our, as, as Charles has said, our moral compass, but I think he's, uh, 
his his will to live has been whittled down due to the bar exam studying, so he might just let some stuff pass. And it's episode 69, so why not, right? Why I don't not? give a fuck. <laughs> There we go. As, as long as he has this, that is exactly our, our thought process when we were studying. So good job, Andrew. As as long as we're not getting into like like mass murderers and stuff like that. Uh, so we, yeah. lose, we just lost every white woman viewer. Great, thank you. Then oh, um, I'm I'm peachy keen. I'm cool beans. All right. So. So does that mean no Aaron Hernandez? You're I mean, pushing it. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. We gotta get the viewers back in. So, <laughs> baseball started. Things were hunky-dory for an entire weekend, and then uh, my favorite team, the Miami Marlins, half the team were 18 players and staff, to be exact, came down with the coronavirus they likely got it on a trip in that backwoods town that you would call Atlanta, Georgia, when they were visiting the Braves. I uh, saw Derek Jeter's press conference yesterday, our Lord and Savior in front of the show. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of disappointment among the players. Uh, Miguel Rojas hosts a, uh, like a weekly um clubhouse show where he lets the fans get to know the team and the players and uh, he was talking to Sandy Alcantara and Jorge Alfaro who both came down with the virus as well and uh, Corey Dickerson and um, uh, Kinsler Brandon Kinsler who are both still playing and still healthy with the team right now and, and they're of course holed up in a hotel and uh for it was rough going for the last, I don't know, week and a half or so, just trying to figure out who had it, how it happened, why it happened, this and that, and uh, and so it it sucked that it happened to my team. I'm sure everybody else was relieved it wasn't their team, except those who were on cheering for the St. Louis Cardinals because. Those guys got the virus now, and we'll talk about them too, because I got some beef with a certain baseball writer out there, guys. Oh boy! Yeah, I got some real beef. I'm uh, uh I don't. Gosh, I, I don't have the Gottlieb goon graphic going here, but you know what? I, I really don't give a crap. So Gottlieb goon, I'm gonna start it off real real quick here, guys. It's uh, Bob Nightingale can go fuck himself. Um. Okay. So Bob, uh, I'm sure your full name is Robert. Bob Robert HMO Nightingale, whatever your middle name is. Andrew, you got a journalism degree, right? Correct. Now, in your experience, and and you do have sports journalism experience. That uh, is also correct. Being an RCFB. Having covered uh, pretty big, important sports events, uh, especially the Orange Bowl and stuff like that, and you know, yeah. and I've done it a bit myself. Don't you think it's incredibly irresponsible for a a, a, a writer of any sort, a journalist, a sports journalist, 
to begin speculating about something he knows nothing about and then just spewing that off to the world. That's extremely irresponsible. Like, um, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, finish the thought. I mean, I, I remember distinctly, and this was a great learning lesson for me, a um, couple of years ago, um, wow, apparently Gary Sheffield didn't strike out his entire senior year of high school. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I made a, I don't want to say unobstantiated, uh, whatever. I, it was, I misunderstood something. UCF was undergoing a restructuring um, of its of its colleges uh, a couple of years ago, one of which was uh, moving some of the mass media programs downtown from the uh, main campus up in East Orlando. And I was vehemently opposed to that because, hmm. you know, the one thing about news is new. Uh, if you're 30 minutes away from campus where all the news is going on, you're taking a large uh, chunk out of what these students can do. Um, now, I misunderstood what the plan of what the plan was. I had assumed, based on my understanding, that UCF or that journalism was going downtown. That was not true. There, it was another program in the same division that was going downtown. So when I brought up my displeasure to the UCF journalism page on Facebook, I got chewed out. Mm. Because the last thing you want to do as a journalist is to say something that is not fact-checked. And to... Your main goal as a journalist is to be as impartial as possible, which is why political writing can be so hairy at times, because you have to balance between saying what is true and holding people's feet to the fire versus, you know, calling people, being as neutral as possible while also at the same time calling people out on their bullshit if it's not true. Hmm. It's a very fine line to balance. Sorry this was a long-winded story, but my ultimate point being, I learned that in undergrad. When I was, I was in journalism for three years, the journalism program for three years. I was 19 through 22 when I learned that shit. Yeah. Bob Nightingale is God knows how old, but he's up there. He's yeah, he's in the Baseball Writers Association of America. This man, he has a Hall of Fame vote, okay? <laughs> he should know better. Hmm. And look, I get it. Sports journalism is a little bit different than regular journalism. Like for instance, you get free food up in the press box, which is incredible and uh, you don't get that in regular journalism there's stuff that you can do in sports journalism that you couldn't do I but at the end of the day in the uh, the chips at the BBNT Center press box I have yes I have <laughs> I understand that <laughs> but at the end of the day you're still a sports journalist 
major emphasis on journalists. Your job is to, I don't want to say not give your opinion, but you can't make up bullshit like that. Indeed. That's not responsible. So it, it's it's ridiculous what he did, and it's so it's entirely unprofessional. This the the thing that he said. He went on a radio program. I don't know which city it was in, um, but it probably a significant city, L.A. or New York, if it came out. Um, basically saying that the Marlins players were out at a strip club. That is the rumor that started it. Now, I I could partially blame Lou Williams. For that. You leave Sweet Lou alone, damn it. <laughs> you know, because uh, the NBA has their bubble, and he went out supposedly under a family matter, and then he was in Atlanta, and he went to the Mag- Magic City Strip Club, which is by the Immigration Court in Atlanta, so I know exactly where it is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, he partook in some chicken wings. That was the main reason he was there. Which uh, I commend the guy for doing that, and I I want after we finish this I have a I have a question to pose to you guys, but I'll I'll get to that later. Um, just remind me if I don't get to it when I when I finish my thought here. But uh, it spread a rumor across, and, and people kind of mixed the Luke Williams thing with the Marlins thing, thinking that okay, I guess there are, everybody in Atlanta just goes to a strip club for some reason. Um, that wasn't the case. It didn't come out what had happened. Major League Baseball wanted to do their investigation. Uh, the Marlins themselves wanted to do their investigation as to what exactly went down. And nothing came out. And uh, I, I admire uh, uh, writer and radio host Craig Mish. Uh, Andrew, you might be familiar with him. I am, as a matter of fact. I am... I don't want to say friends because I don't know his feelings toward me as in terms of friendship, but I am decent acquaintances with someone who works with him on swing and mish- uh, swings and mishes. Yeah, um, a fellow UCF grad, I notice as well. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, that's Jeremy Tache, who I know you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> anyone can speak about the quality of strip club chicken wings. Okay, uh, so so um, Mish was on the radio with um, uh, on his personal program, and he he made a staunch point that he doesn't release names of players who tested positive unless they give him permission, and he gave a reason why as to why he's he wasn't publishing a lot of stuff even after the news came out that the player. Marlins players were testing positive. He wanted to make sure he got things right. And the reason he wanted to make sure he got things right was because he ultimately has to see those players again in the future. Like, he's going to see them, whether it's this year when he can see them, when he can't really see them. He's, you know, doing conference call via Zoom. Or next year, hopefully in spring training, when he can be there in person. Um, and it matters. It matters when you deal with people face-to-face, but... You know, you anybody could spew off on a radio program half halfway across the country, and not have to face these guys, and it's kind of cowardly in a sense. Um, it's cowardly in a sense. So, um, 
I've made it very well known to Bob Nightingale that I don't like him on both my account and our Sports Goose account, so I've lumped you guys in there with myself, so. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. That's yeah, fine. We're um, a squad, so, you know, Wu-Tang ain't nothing F with, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it, it's, I know it's my team, and I, there is a bias towards it. Like, I will, I will be angry. Uh, that that somebody would make such a speculation, especially when uh, I, I follow the team, I know what the players are like, and and it, it didn't seem like something that they would do, uh, especially something so irresponsible as to go to a strip club. Now, going to a casino, you know, oh, that's incredibly irresponsible too, and the St. Louis Cardinals should be ashamed of themselves as well. Um and really, it, it, it goes to the whole thing about the virus thing. And, and, and we're, we're not anti-maskers here or anti-whatevers. All right? Wash your damn hands. Put on your fucking mask and get on with it. All right? Just deal with it. When you get home, you can, you can sniff and touch your face all the, all, all the hell that you want. But, you know, in any case, um, it's still, it still it disappoints me in this fact that these people are professionals and they get paid to do this. And yet... They can just spew whatever the hell they want and not fact check and do anything, which to me is the reason why sports journalism, like people don't see a value to it sometimes. Like when you see a, The Athletic, The Athletic charges for their stuff because a lot of uh, local newspapers are, are cutting their, their, their budgets with sports and stuff like that. And newspapers are dying. And sometimes people see the paywall from a... Uh, from a website and they're like okay you know i don't even want to read this so you devalue your 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 profession when you do that you do it's like if this guy can just say oh why am i gonna why am i gonna read this why am i yeah, everybody's got their own freaking podcast like us you know <laughs> uh there's other avenues to get your information there are like fish stripes sb nation peeps as well and i'm gonna Always throw it back to those because uh, they gave me an opportunity. It's it just fans doing a lot of the times better job than the professionals. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure you've seen it with RCFE too. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming uh, that that a lot of people have turned away from traditional news, sports news media because of it. I don't watch ESPN. I don't watch Sports Center. I, I got tired of that. I got tired of it. If I wanted to see basically TMZ sports, I can find that someplace else. In fairness, though, to ESPN, um, they used to be a lot better. Oh, I, they yes. were the shit back when I was a kid. I, well, I, I know, but they've uh, they've 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 gone off to the mainstream, and they're just a bunch of normies now. So yeah, they've um, fallen off a cliff. So. I I think, man, these guys get paid for this, and it pisses me off. It pisses me off that that's what happened, and people could do that. Um, and it sucks. It sucks for the sports world. But it also, I mean, with the if the there's, I guess, a new revolution in sports journalism in the fact that people like us and other people in general have found ways to get break into the professional sports community via the internet and these avenues so we don't need people like bob nightingale no more 
We don't need them no more. All right? It's not an exclusive club anymore. Fans are getting access because they're passionate. And a lot of the times, sometimes they're biased, but sometimes they're objective. And you see people open, and it opens doors. I, I know one guy, Jamison Olive. He was on a Panthers uh, fan site called Panther Parkland or whatever, or Parkway. And and he wrote on it, and eventually it led him to a job writing for the Florida Panthers website. And he's a legit employee of the team now. So it, it opens up opportunities for people. And, um, and so, you know, Bob Nightingale, you... I mean, and, and the thing is, collectively, um, collectively, uh, a lot of people in baseball consider him like the low bar for baseball writers out there. So, so he's the Andrew your... Dick of baseball writers. Some he, he... name recognition, but annoying. <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of like Andy Dick. But... <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of. It's either it's him short, or Dane Cook. It's, it's short bursts. He's good at short bursts. <laughs> um, in any case, yeah, uh, he's he's low down there. Um, he was on a Miami radio program here, uh, Bob Nightingale. And then I forgot which writer was it for the Sun Sentinel. Uh, I, I, his name eludes me now, and I should know his name because he's been here forever. But uh, he... When they mentioned that they talked to Bob Nightingale about it, and he was like, uh, I don't know if you should, like, I don't know if that's the best source of anything. And he's like, oh, should we just tell him to go screw himself? I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, um, so even then, you're on the low rung, dude. And you are a Gottlieb good. So, uh, and look, people like him and Doug Gottlieb, they found a way into the sports world. And I tweeted out, if those guys can make it, Anybody can make it. So if you have a passion for sports out there, go ahead. Give it a shot. See what happens. And, yeah, that's that's my rant about that, you know. Thanks, Andrew, for some insight on journalism back there, too. My pleasure. And uh, But baseball is humming, and the Yankees are humming, and they're on a freaking path of destruction right now. Dear Lord. Revenge Tour Painmakers 2020! Ugh. I'm loving oh. every single bit of it, gentlemen. It, oh, yeah. Our Lord and Savior, Derek Jeter, is on the screen right now. But uh, it, it, but the, the uh, Yankees... Uh, disgustingly good. 8-1. Standing in judge. Mostly Aaron Judge. Just delivering homers for days. Like it's on rookie mode of an MVP video game. <laughs> He Aaron Judge is like on pace to like hit forty home runs in a sixty game season. It makes you wonder, gentlemen, how it would have been with the full schedule. And we're doing this despite the fact that we have shaky pitching because James Paxton is playing like James Haxton. Ha ha ha. Hopefully he figures it out, but he had a similar way last year in his first full season. We don't have Domingo Germán who's on the, you know, D V list suspension. As it should be. I don't even know if he's playing at all this season. Uh, Luis Severino, I believe, had Tommy John surgery, so he's out for the he's year. Yeah. So we're basically playing on Garrett Cole, and we'll talk about that because I've been waiting on that. Because I was like, how PG-13 can I make this? But it's episode 69, so we get a little TV-14 I mean, on you've this. Already, we've already talked about you getting the hand job. It's, it's the hand job. Handjob derby. <laughs> um, and then 
were working on the the remaining brain cells of Mashiro Tanaka because that guy took that hit, man. It was bad. And then there's other guys in between. J.A. Happ. Uh, but we're amazingly... We're, we're putting fear into the pitching lineup. And we haven't played trash, unlike certain teams that are trash, Houston. Um, <laughs> eight and one is something spectacular because I've never kind of seen it with such a tour de force. And granted, everybody's either good or bad this early in the season. You don't know what the middle of the road is. But you take every win that you can get, even though, and this is where we're going to kind of maybe open up a little bit before we go to the Handjob Derby 2020 of My Love for Garrett Cole, even though it seems like everybody's going to get to go to playoffs this year because we love expansion and we like to just say, hey, baseball's not hard anymore, guys. We're giving participation trophies. But at the end of the day, if we're going to win it this season, assuming, assuming that this season even survives, let us get on Paymaker 2020 Revenge Tour, gentlemen, every competing person and team that wants a shot at this because here's the thing we're the heroes now for the al but the minute we reach the world series we're the bad guys and you're gonna get the heel turn so i openly accept that because right now you gotta hate us right soon it will come because not only are we eight and one the guy we paid 324 million dollars is worth every dang set the worst game he had was having a three era or i'm sorry three run game Everything else has just been seven strikeouts and one earned run. And I'm like, I like this Yankee cockiness because I looked at the schedule, gentlemen, in this very short time. We do not get the Houston Astros. So I want them in the playoffs. And Boston's going to get in there because participation trophies, because the new rule in the playoff expansion is that if you're second in the division, then you're getting in. And then the Rays, if they can figure out their life, might get wild card or the second division. So let us get all the clean and non-clean players. I have a way of how I want to do this. I need this because take note. And now we're going to expend outside of Garrett Cole's greatness, deserving every job that he can get. It, it, we we bring it into this is that, oh, I almost lost my train of thought. Don't do this, Charles. Don't do this. You were so excited. And then I lost my train of thought. It's coming to me. All right, I got it back here. You take in consideration that it's a short season. So if, if and no matter who wins, I think this year if we complete the season and you get a World Series, there's always going to be that weird asterisk kind of vibe towards it, like a short strike season. Except they this time there's actually a champion enumerated. But if I'm gonna get there, if I'm gonna get the promised land as the Yankees, I'm only speaking as a Yankees fan. Let me get every single person because it's not a coincidence, gentlemen, that we felt like we were cheated when we only played Houston in the ALCS those two times, and then Boston in the ALDS, and we lost them, and now that that trash germ infestation, worse than COVID, Alex Cora is not in the game, nor is AJ Hinch, you know, Cora managing the Red or Sox, Carlos and Hinch Beltran. managing the Astros, or Carlos Beltran, you know, that those teams that don't have those managers anymore that don't have the signs to show them to help them out are really playing bad. Houston's five and four. Granted, there's been some injuries, but their dudes can't hit. Those guys are striking out like cocky white frat boys up in a party thinking that daddy's names can get them a lady or a guy. Ain't happening, Bregman. Houston's got the benefit that they're in the American League West, which is, you know, the Seattle Mariners who are... uh, hopefully up and coming at some point. I, I hope they'll do well someday. You have the always disappointing Angels. Uh, and really, they're, I mean, 
the Texas Rangers maybe if they, they have that surprise run that they had last year. But uh, and really the Oakland A's are their real competition there. The A's have a bit of a beef too. Oh yeah, uh, especially because they they put <laughs> they play clean, and it makes it just harder when somebody knows the stuff. Of course, Jose Altuve is uh, batting one fifty eight so far in the nine games that they played. Love so, it. So, uh, man, how awesome was that series between the Astros and the Dodgers? Love it, love it, Beautiful. Joe. Joe Kelly, I might buy his his jersey, and I'm not a Dodgers fan because apparently, in a game full of balls, there's only one man who actually has a set. Oh yeah, uh, Carlos Correa being the one uh, to to start the whole thing, you know, especially when he was trying to uh, beautifully explain what what the heck went down. It's like people shouldn't talk if they don't know anything. Oh my goodness, dude, you are you have barely you you probably don't even have a high school education. Just shut the hell up. So um, it is. It is so satisfying. That was a satisfying moment. It sucks that we couldn't have an all-out brawl. Uh, oh, because the the team that beats up the pure Astros are going to all get suspended and fines paid because Manfred has protected that team. So you don't think there's going to be frustration it's funny. amongst the league? It's funny. Only two games were set for those teams, and the Dodgers swept the two. So they went. They they had a huge chip on their so on their shoulders, and they went into Houston and. I just freaking beat them. They beat them. And, and I, did you guys hear the the Oral Harshizer said? Yes, I did. Uh, who was it that me. struck out? It was either I think it was like George Springer or something. Altuve. Oh, it was Altuve. So uh, yeah, he struck out, and then uh, I guess the the play by play guy was like, "Oh, it looks like he was guessing there." <laughs> and then <laughs> Harshizer. Guessing is harder than knowing. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness! Oh, just, it, it, wow, that was so good. It, and it, to follow up on that point, I was hoping we'd get here. The baseball gods are incredible right now. Listen to these batting averages, and I'm, I'm just doing like the main guys that have been, you know, the main producers for the Astros the past yeah, few years. Bragman, Springer, Altuve, Correa. Let's see. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair. Correa is batting three thirty three. All right, that's great. Yeah, uh, oh, he's actually using his natural talent. Guriel is batting two ninety four. That's, that's pretty that's good. good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was a highly touted prospect and came up big for them last year. That's fine. Um. Martin Maldonado, kinda uh, big producer, uh, but he's batting two eighty six. Pretty good. That's good. And yeah. now here, here's where the fun begins. Um, JJ Redick is batting two fifty. Trash. Uh, Senor Bregman is batting two eleven. Trash. Uh, he's he is he's approaching Mendoza line territory. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, Mendoza line is named after Mario Mendoza. Um, it is 200 batting average. Huge trash. Um, and then we've got George Springer is batting 182. Oof, big trash. And 
uh, I forget what his nickname is, but Altuve 158. Hot garbage, gentlemen. <laughs> it, he's it such is... trash that Oscar the Grouch asked him to marry him. And listen, I... I mean, he's the only guy that actually can fit in the trash can, so... <laughs> And you know, listen, I I normally don't use this phrase because it's kind of a cheap shot, but you love to see it. Love it. You love to see it. And why do we love to see it? I, for me, it's because it proves everybody was right. That you, I, I sent a link, and it wasn't to you guys, but the last five years, this was like my actual preparation, and to people listening, I don't really prepare, but... <laughs> My actual preparation I knew coming back into baseball because it was such a hot topic and it's been our it's been really my obsession since the trash scandal came out personally um, like looking at what these Astros records were there was what 2015 2016 2015 there were only both times over the 80 win season they clinched the wild card and all of a sudden you get this astronomical jump astronomically I mean- jumping into the 100 range. There was they no the slow league. build. They led the league in, in walks and, and 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 fewest strikeouts, and especially fewest strikeouts on breaking pitches. My God. And that's why it's just so important. And it, it just everybody has a different kind of gratification. And for me, it's just more or less that because it doesn't even relate to just Houston. It relates to Boston. Their numbers are terrible. Part of it is because they got rid of the whistleblower, soon-to-be whistleblower, Mookie Betts. And it's just everything's just kind of gone to hell. But, you know, well, for a sport that has had its you well reputation. They got rid of Babe Ruth again for yeah, the second time. Yeah. <laughs> the way that he's playing over in L.A. now, right? But the for a sport that has had so much controversy of never being a clean game, right, from the steroids and all the other stuff that's happened, it needed some kind of retribution. And we all, it feels good because Manfred has sheltered. Manfred has coddled. The only person, and you know what? The Astros have not done anything to look good, even though I kind of feel for their owner who's like, what else do you want us to do? I get it because at least you did take the efforts to fire A.J. Hinch and then your GM. You're not like the Red Sox. You're like, we might think about Alex Cora coming back. We get the F out of here. What do you mean that you're going to consider it? The only person who looks good out of the Astros, and I commend him because it's not an easy job, is Dusty Baker. <laughs> he, he's just he's just like, listen, I man. I mean, he has – I mean, even in that uh, semi – well, at least the benches clearing incident, uh, he was yelling at Joe Kelly. Well, You could hear it too. He's like, get back to the bow, motherfucker. That's what he said. <laughs> Joe like, Kelly would probably that, make a priest punch you know, at this old point. School, but Joe Kelly's a hero. I mean, you know, old school 70s mentality, you know. Uh, he he's like that, but and, and, and you know, good on him. I mean, he's he's doing the. I mean, he could. I mean, if uh, if if the baseball gods were somehow destroyed by the baseball demons, the Astros could win him a ring. But God, man, the world would be awful if that happened. Could you imagine what happens if they actually took that talent and won a World Series post trash can within yeah. the recent next three years? I would just like I'm done. This is it. I would I would ask the the state of Texas to secede from the union again, yeah, um, just, just <laughs> or at least just the Houston area. I'm sure Dallas and that they'd be just as pissed off. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, you guys didn't remind me after my my bit about so so that reminds me about Lou Williams. Sweet um, Lou. Lou. So Lou Williams, you know, 
Uh, I guess we can... Oh, yeah. And uh, we have a sponsor, Disintegration. You can get that. It's available. Well, actually, it was for free July 30th through August 2nd. So if you have a time machine, you can go back a couple days and, and check that out. If not, it's it's 40% off. Get your Xbox One, your PS4, download it on Steam, PC Master Race, and uh, and uh, play that game. It looks, looks kind of fun. Sci-fi space stuff, which is our expertise for some reason. Also a great Cure song, if you're talking about Disintegration. Just saying. <laughs> Get our 80s nostalgia out there, too. So, alright guys. So, Lou Williams, of course, uh, went out, got some chicken wings in Atlanta. And uh, I, I forgot who the other player was. He went to get some Postmates out in the NBA bubble. Uh, oh, it Disney. was... um, Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I forgot his name now. Yeah, he, 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 he's, he's just picking up some Postmates. I guess he... He postmated some food and just just wait outside Disney World. I'll come and get it, and uh, and uh, got some food from uh, from outside. And he, I guess, he was just sick of the the Disney fare that they were feeding them there. Um, so that reminds me of if you guys were in the NBA or NHL bubble, what would what would make what would cause you to leave the bubble? What food item would be just like you know what? I don't care if I get quarantined when I get back. I'm getting this now. Oh man! Like, what is the one meal like? So I, let I, me ask you: Can I get food delivered to me in the bubble? No, no, you have to leave just, the bubble. Just you food. have to basically say, "F it." I don't care if I get fined or if I'm hauled up in my in my hotel room until I'm, I test negative. I'm getting these. All right. All right, a- Andrew. I'm gonna need a minute to think. Do you have a reflexive shot on this? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't think I would leave a bubble for any reason. But if you had to, if there was something that was the equivalent of like kissing Jesus food wise, uh, I honestly can't think of anything that is so good that would cause me to leave the bubble. Hmm. See, think about it this way. As Francisco does his thing, you got to get something unhealthy because if this is Disney, they're probably going to be some catering to you. So you're going to get some baby back ribs, right, and stuff like that. So you have to have something that's not necessarily avoided to you. But I had a hankering for Taco Bell the other day, and assuming I can't get that Taco Bell, that beefy five-layer burrito, that Crunchwrap Supreme, I tried their grilled cheese uh, burrito, I'll dress that when Francisco comes back. I might break for something like that if I have a real nasty hankering for junk food and I know I can't get it. Unless, mm-hmm. Because I don't have like a particular restaurant that screams to me that says, I need to have this kind of now, right? Because it's all locational. So that's why if I have to manifest it and I have to think it, I, I think I got to do that. Or if I have to pick a restaurant, I love me some Bruce Room's uh, mm. chicken wings. So just like Lou Williams, I kind of break <laughs> for that a little bit. You get the extra wet hot blue cheese with cheese fries because you know disney's not going to give you that chances are your team nutritionist is going to be on your butt saying you got to eat a salad and look i eat enough salad but if i gotta be here every day with stank face james harden angry that Giannis and tempo says he's not the best player ever and i gotta deal with some other stank faces too that i don't want to deal with you know going from there I would kind of either get the nasty fast food, so in my go-to would probably be Taco Bell, or 
actual like restaurant I like going to that I always have a craving but I don't get that often be like Brews Room Chicken Wings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so for me, uh, I, and yeah, I guess it would be nice to, to like separate the category. I guess you got fast food, you have like sit down restaurant food, and maybe even a third category like I don't know home cooking type of thing. Like I'm just gonna go to Publix and grab these things. Uh, uh, so. So as far as fast food is concerned, man, I think I might have to keep it simple. I I, I love chicken sandwiches from Wendy's. I, I Oof, like every single yeah. one of them. I, I like every single one is a winner to me. I, I've loved them. I love the especially the the avocado BLT one that they have. Um, have you had the Asiago Ranch chicken? Uh, yeah, that one's good. They're all good. They're just Oof. they're all good. The spicy one, home style grilled whichever one you get you're gonna get a winner so uh i I would break the bubble for some wendy's all right i'd break the bubble for that uh i was i was wavering between taco bell and wendy's like uh, if i had to get fast food those are always my go-to's see i I think it's because if i'm in the bubble i'm near disney i know there's gotta be a burger somewhere so that's why i i kind of translate out to to like taco bell I mean, eventually, there's only so many Mickey Mouse waffles that you can consume before you go nuts. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what Lou Williams was thinking. It's like I just can't take this. I really can't take it no more. Um, as far as sit-down restaurant, man, I don't. I mean, I don't try. I don't frequent a lot of chains. So I don't. I don't frequent a lot of chains. I'm not. I'm not a big like Chili's or anything like that or Applebee's. I don't. I don't do that type of stuff much. Um. I don't even know what a sit-down one would be for me. I mean, there's so many good meals out there that I could find, but... Um, okay. Well, locationally, since you live in Miami, is there, like, a, a, a Spanish cuisine that you would uh, need? Think about oh, that way. Epos. Maybe that's your transition. Oh, at Epos, for yeah. sure. I'm pretty Because you ain't getting don't... that. You know, they ain't serving that, and it's a small world, pal. No, no. I mean, probably maybe Epcot. But I don't, they, I, I, they probably don't have Venezuela as one of the countries there, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, would you like to experience socialism the way they experience it there? Here, let me take away your human rights. <laughs> um, that's a little bit of my work coming in there. Sorry. Uh, the, more so... the more I've been thinking about it, um, if I had to leave the bubble for a food, it would have to be for some good barbecue. Oof. Mm. Uh, the best barbecue that I know of up in Orlando is Four Rivers. Oh, and you've used them as a non-sponsor before. That is true. And technically, you're in the bubble near Orlando, so is this your, you know, temptation here? Um, well, we've actually gone and gotten Four Rivers um, during this quarantine before. Um, drive through service. Ah. So, yeah, I would definitely... Uh, if I had to leave for some food, it would be for Four Rivers, unless someone can prove can turn me on to some better barbecue. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, and you can have that post made it, so you could uh, you could still leave the bubble and just pick it up outside, you know? Exactly. That's a good one. I like that one. So, what do you and- get at the Four Rivers? I get the uh, brisket sandwich Ooh. with um, 
They have a lot of good toppings. Um, one of my favorites they've discontinued, unfortunately, was Cheesy Grits. Oh, dear Lord. And um, I, I should cut ma- this up and send it to a bunch of NBA players. It's like, listen, guys, we're going to break the bubble <laughs> in Orlando. Andrew's got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> and um, their mac and cheese is pretty good, too. But honestly, any – oh, no, 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 no. Uh, usually I get two, uh, two sides. I always reserve one of the sides for their, uh, bread pudding. Oh, boy. Because A, it's good, and B, it's like getting a free dessert almost. You know, it's a nice, uh, palate cleanser after some mighty good, uh, brisket sandwich. That's a good one. That's some That's good really hustling good. right there. It's good logic. I like yeah. it. And you know, once this is all over and we can actually like do things, we're going up to the nearest four rivers, which is in Coral Springs. It's going to be a, a sports goose track up there. Yeah, we can pop up there after a Panthers game or something. I like Sounds it. good to me. All right. So, yeah. Okay. I, I like I like the – and you know what? I'm assuming, was it when, I forgot what food the guy got that was uh, the one that got Postmates. I forgot what it was. I'm assuming it had to be some sort of fast food um, because a lot of people get Postmates just for that stuff. Because uh, if you're at Disney, I'm sure you're going to have restaurant quality food. Right. Unless his trainers are, you know, on right. his ass about losing weight and stuff. And he just can't have, he can't have too much. He's just having salad all the time. Then yeah, I guess I would go insane and try and uh, try and sneak past. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's like meet me at Animal Kingdom. Just meet so, me at Animal Kingdom, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, and you'll just pass it on to me there. So they don't say what it was, but it was the Kings Rashawn Holmes. Mm. So of course it was a Sacramento team oh. uh, that that went and got it. Okay. Okay, so that was uh, a nice aside that I, I really I, I had that in my head ever since the Lou Williams thing came out. So that was that was really fun to talk about. So, so Lou Williams though, all for it, it was it was all good because I don't think he's tested positive. So he's the man who somehow survived getting chicken wings at the strip club Maybe he and not matching corona was, or the clap. He he could have you know chicken wings. He probably was using gloves because you know that can kind of get messy. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, uh, yeah, it's in, in, I'm assuming they're not letting the, 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 the women, uh, get a little too close to the customer. So he's probably a, a fair six feet back and was just enjoying dinner and a show. That was it. That's all he wanted. Have you guys ever seen Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson is at the strip club and he's just enjoying the breakfast as everybody's enjoying the people? If not. Uh- that's just what, for some reason, I relate to right now. Because I just have this image where Lou like, I don't care about a naked woman. That's what the internet's for. These chicken wigs are the best chicken wigs I've ever had in my life. They are to die for. Literally. Oh, my God. I, and, you oh. know, if you're that strip club, you have to advertise it. Chicken wings so good, you'll, you'll avoid COVID or you'll fight COVID for it. I or whatever they, they call did. it. I think they did. I think you their Twitter page, it. if they have one, or, less, or they created one, I think they, like, they tweeted out their menu. You know, after this came out, I mean, it's perfect advertisement for them. Uh, and it may not be the best joint, 
It might not be the classiest of strip clubs, from what I've seen of it outside. Uh, don't ask me how I know. But <laughs> uh, as I was passing on by, not looking and, and parking and driving up and paying a cover fee or anything like that, I uh, I mean, it didn't look like that fancy of a place. So maybe the maybe the chicken wings are the star of the show. So were they so good that you would have broken the bubble? Because obviously you might have had some familiarity. If it's not the chicken wing, did they have a good Salisbury steak? I mean, when was the last time I had wings? I had some from Wingstop the other day, uh, maybe like a month ago or something. I, I wouldn't – now, chicken wings, I wouldn't break the bubble for chicken wings. Now, it has to be something – it has to be like a dessert or something or or a that buzz. i do it just for that. That, that, that would be – uh, like you said, you're not gonna get that at Disney World. Um, I do it just for that too. There, there's uh, and yeah, yeah, my my go-to fast foods. I I think Disney has like a thing with McDonald's, so you're not gonna get Wendy's there. You know. Oh yeah. Mm, okay. Fun fact. Uh, speaking of Disney and McDonald's, um, Disney opened or McDonald's opened up a new flagship. Uh, restaurant in Disney, uh, and I know where it is actually. Um, it is McDonald's first 100% sustainable restaurant. Man, it's like solar powered and all that stuff. Solar powered. Um, I don't want to say people powered because that could give off the connotation that it's like cannibalism or whatever. But people. Um, I was thinking of our meat. It's okay. um, it's they have these uh, bikes out front, um, where people, if they want to, they can uh, ride these powered bikes that will, these bikes that convert oh. the, convert so the can, physical energy into. So you can burn off your calories of the Big Mac whilst you're eating the Big Mac. So, what do you guys get at McDonald's now that we're going down this rabbit hole? Because I gotta know now. Because if you're telling me I'm quarantined, I just have to eat McDonald's. It's gonna get old real quickly. Two McChickens and small fry. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I get chicken, chicken sandwiches and chicken nuggets with fries. You know, that's that's all I'm getting at McDonald's. I don't, I don't, I don't partake in McDonald's often. It's usually I only get it when I'm like traveling someplace and and it's like the only thing nearby while I'm driving to or from someplace or the airport or the court. So it's, uh, if, if they're like, if, if I have a choice between like the big three, McDonald's, Wendy's and Burger King, it's Wendy's, then Burger King, then McDonald's. So that's just me. Good not that I have anything against McDonald's, it's just not my cup of tea. So unfortunately for me, they, each of them has their positives and their negatives. Like... Wendy's fries are the worst of the three. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can give you that one. Um, burgers are tough because they each have their own flavor. Um, you know, are you looking for kind of that that char broiled, char grilled? Then you're obviously going to be going for Burger King. If you want kind of like a like a meaty flavor, then you would have to go with. Uh, McDonald's, and then Wendy's has its own kind of flavor to it. Mm. Um, chicken nuggets are obviously McDonald's. That's no contest. 
but Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets have gotten better. Yeah, they have. I mean, heck, it's Dak Prescott, you know, let us know about it. So, yeah. And then, um, you know, it's tough to say. I, I, you know, as for fries, um, you know, I already said that Wendy's is the worst. I mean, I'll depend- give it to McDonald's. I would give it to McDonald's. It's Just tough, though, because, game. like, I would give it to, I don't know. The problem is Burger King's fries hold up better when they're not 100% fresh out of the out of the fryer. Yeah, that's what I meant. McDonald's fries, out of the gate, they're good. They're good. But, you know, 10 minutes later, if you don't, if, if you haven't finished them by then, it's cardboard. It's basically cardboard. Um, uh, Burger, Burger King's fries, fries. the flavor—they changed their their rest their flavor up. I don't know, somewhere in like the late '90s, 2000s, and it was great. And then they changed it up again, and it got a little worse. But I, I kind of wish they went back. To, I, I, I can't even describe the way it tasted and the crunchiness of the fries. I like a little bit of that crunch to it. Do we right. not like checkers, and we don't have checkers in that conversation? Well, we were just debating between the, those big three, so... I mean, well, check... I can't... I, man, I feel see, like I'm going to... See, Burger King... I, Burger King's fallen out of favor for me, you guys, because they haven't done it for me anymore, so Checkers has supplanted them. Well, I, the thing is, I don't eat burgers as much from... I don't eat burgers from fast food places anymore. I just get... True. I get chicken sandwiches. So the, the chicken sandwich at Burger King is actually pretty underrated. Um, but, of course, they're the same company as Popeye's. They're, they're the same... Uh, really? Subsidiaries, yeah. I didn't Popeyes know and Burger King are the same company, basically. So there's some similarity with the chicken, I'm assuming, or getting the same supplier. But Checkers, I I can't have a burger from Checkers. It's just Too I can have their fish. You? I can have their chicken. Yeah. Oh no, the grease. I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack every time I eat it. <laughs> like, uh, but to go back to your main point, Charles, um, what do I get if I go to McDonald's and yes. you know? Since I've been on this uh, health change recently, um, I've gone and on. T- and I think part of what's been helping me is I can't go to McDonald's as regularly as I used to. Yeah. You know, not working in the office where I could just jump across the street and get myself a, a McDouble or whatever. Um, and then I just don't go out much in general. Um, so if I do go, and that is, uh, you know, once in a blue moon, um, I usually go for the uh, quarter pounder with cheese. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to add some mayo as a topping, um, which is highly underrated. It really helps it out. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, I just I just stick to the main stuff to avoid those extra calories. But if I was really going off the rails for one day and went to McDonald's, it would have to be that, a large fries, ensure that they're fresh out of the fryer, like, like give them to me scalding hot. Like, it should be 15 yeah. seconds out of there. And those 15 seconds were dedicated to adding salt and transporting them to me. Um, and then a large sweet tea, because I love their sweet tea. 
So, uh, just an aside here. How unlucky are the Marlins? Their their first game back is today against the Orioles, and they're in a rain delay because of <laughs> of Hurricane Isaias. Isaias. Even I'm having trouble with that name, and I'm Latino, so. Um, I just yeah. called it Isaias, knowing that I was going to butcher it all along. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, we'll call it that. Uh, hey, former FIU guy. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, now let's say you. All right. So we've talked about sit-down restaurants, uh, fast food. Now let's say there's like, I don't know. Maybe you want to cook for yourself, or you just like, uh, or there's something in the supermarket that you know you can't get inside the bubble. All right. I doubt the mega stuff Oreo is there, Charles. Uh, well, it's supposed to be limited, you know, time. So I would hope. <laughs> Like, I would assume if LeBron James wanted to make his stuffed Oreos, they would give it to him. But I I can't, I can't imagine that, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, who's, who's in the bubble right now? Pretty pretty much anybody on the Washington Wizards outside of Bradley Beal. Uh, uh, I I doubt any of those guys are going to be able to get, um. So Thomas Sotoransky doesn't get his own mega stuffed Oreo? If he if he wanted it, he's not getting it. If LeBron wanted it, he's getting it. Now, what would what would get you to basically like you know what? I'm breaking the bubble. I'm headed down to the nearest Publix and I'm grabbing this. What would it be? I mean, would obviously it pub, be a pub sub. That too. Oh. A ch- more specifically, a chicken tender pub sub. I read what you put on there. Follow us on Twitter. You know, most specifically, Daffy Holly's F G O J R. Charles the so True and Sports Goose, but uh, yeah, you know, just a little plug out there. But I saw your list, and I mean, I, I didn't know we were going this far off the rap, the rabbit hole, but I love it. But so you you keep it kind of basic, not in a bad way, because sometimes you don't ruin original. But tell the world what you put on your pub sub there, Andrew. All right, so if I'm going to get a pub sub, it's obviously, as I mentioned, it's going to be a chicken tender sub. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, for anyone in Florida, Georgia, I think. South and North Carolina. I don't know where Publix is, um, but right now chicken tender subs are on sale. Uh, do the thing. Is it is it like whole for seven dollars? Because those are my favorite things. Yes, sir. Yes. And, and the thing is, you can go on the Publix app and you can order it on the Publix app, and you just walk into the store, and they'll have it there ready for you. Indeed. So you don't have to stand in line. You don't have to. Expose yourself anymore. Uh, you don't have to wait minutes just to stand there and tell them what to put on your sandwich. They'll have it there ready for you. You know, just more more plugging for Publix here. Uh, if they ever want to sponsor the show, <laughs> we talk about food a lot. All right. Well, we'll actually I, I can actually name you the aisles of where to get some stuff. All right. Yeah, um, one, Andrew. Well, okay. What what did you put on it? So chicken tender sub. With mayo, mm-hmm. cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese. I always go with sis, but go ahead. Cheddar cheese or American, uh, but I can get American at Subway or whatever. You can't get cheddar, so go with cheddar. Um, cheddar lettuce. Yes. Uh, lettuce, spinach. Um. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Sprinkled Parmesan cheese. Interesting. Ah. 
Um, it's kind of hit and miss for me, but sometimes I'll add onion. Uh, depends on how I'm feeling. It's always miss for me, but... Charles hates the onion. Yes, I do. I hate it. And, um... What else? Yeah, that's about it. Just, just, uh... Just a couple of things. I'm, I'm not picky. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mine is pretty much the same. Uh, uh, lettuce. Although uh, Francisco, I, I know your dirty little secret. When it comes to uh, submarine sandwiches. What? You like what? to dip them in ketchup. Oh yeah. What? What the hell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I thought we were supposed to purge the heathens. Are you that guy who says, "Oh, you know, this is going on our pasta, mom's best uh, thing from a kid." Do you want to? No, no. Do you want to like no, an I, I shirt in a trailer? Sauce. But hey, man, there's always there's already mayonnaise in it. All right, it's just a it's a long about way of getting the pink sauce. All right. <laughs> all right, it's a roundabout way of getting the pink sauce. All right, just it's like a I don't know, it's like a hillbilly French dip. So, right. a- Andrew, did you notice this psychopath doing it at law school one day, studying for exams, and you're just sitting there in a small study room, going, "I can't say anything because I'm afraid was he's gonna we kill me." Right? We, we went to like no, it was it was after law school. Uh, yeah. I was over at his office helping him uh, wrap things up at his old place. Yeah, that's right. and that's uh, right. we we went across the not across the street, but uh, we drove where, we drove across the street. Um, to the local Publix, and we got uh, some pub subs there, and I witnessed the the horrifying event, uh, which is where he dipped his sub into ketchup, and I wondered what the hell he was doing. Yeah, okay, I, I, I'm glad it's not, because here's the thing, I'm almost 31, and I thought I would get beyond the whole judging people BS, I thought in old age was supposed to come maturity, and I am completely against that. And I love me some ketchup, man. Love it. Love it. You know, it, I need it on the hot dog, need it on some other stuff that comes into it, love it on a burger, and I'm afraid it's going to expose me to some weird stuff, and I don't want to kink shame you, especially in food-wise, <laughs> but I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole. It's as if instead of offering me the typical drugs that one offers as a gate, as a startup in the gateway, you just said, hey, man, angel dust and then my innocent ass is just like yeah that's the equivalent of me like hey what happened if you ever put your you know cuban sandwich with dipping in some uh some ketchup or if you're like hey your Publix ultimate probably also on sale into some ketchup like so i have to ask further and i'm sorry this is going on the rails but i'm shocked are you doing this with like a french loaf bread are you talking about like a typical arnold's butter bread do you need a certain kind of consistency to find pleasure in this like does it work okay so let's see how do i okay so my my pub chicken tender sub uh i mean psychopath do you use like a regular loaf of bread to dip your ketchup in what are you doing i uh i either go with the the white uh uh hoagie roll that they have or the or the wheat uh or or the wheat and uh very rarely the multi-grain but uh, you know, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles. Uh, I, I put into the the chicken tender sub with Swiss cheese, toasted, uh, as God intended. Oh, and... toasted! Mine's toasted as well. Toasted. Forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah, toasted as God intended, and and um, and yeah, you know, mayonnaise on it sometimes. So sometimes some honey mustard if I ever feel a little frisky that day, and 
and yeah, you know, I uh, I, I I get a side of the uh, of the ketchup, you know, the packets or whatever that they got there, and then uh, and then I I I, uh, I take a bite, put a little there there, then take another bite, dip some more, and yeah, that's how I go about eating a ch- a public chicken tender sub. Do your parents uh, know about this? Did they send you to camp over it? <laughs> <laughs> what like uh to pray the ketchup away camp or whatever yeah yeah pray the Heinz away you know <laughs> for your uh, Heinz only there's puns here that and you guys know i can't avoid it listen, but you know guys. what i'm gonna say something you're not <laughs> wrong in a sense because i've done similar not with sandwiches but bread is basically a sandwich fight me and a hot dog is in theory we've had this argument about a year ago a sandwich from charles's mm. standpoint and i've had it where if I've had my Baconator and, you know, I, I'm that psychopath who has to unwrap it, pour his fries out and use the foil to dip the ketchup in. And if I have some, if I have an over amount of ketchup still there, well, I'm just going to use the side of my burger or if I had a hot dog to dip and wrap around my ketchup on. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to try that. I, I'm going to hate you for it. I will document <laughs> it. I'm not going to do it with a public sub because that's just weird. But just, um, just give it a I, whirl. If you have some mayonnaise about, make the pink sauce. Go ahead. Have some fun. All right. That's some that's terrifying. But have some fun, I, it's right? it's so terrifying, but I'm like attracted to I'm into it. Listen right? guys. I was unsupervised in college. Alright. My my first year at Florida State, I was with some guy that I uh, some roommate that uh you know, I didn't even talk to. So I was just by myself. You and know, yeah. most people develop most people develop a drinking problem left alone. You develop well, like a food I put curiosity. I all my pops up. So, <laughs> all right, I, I won't beat up Francisco anymore. It's not. I, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. You know, other people, yeah, the other people do get a drinking problem, drugs, what have you, a little gambling, put ketchup and pops up. That's what I do. <laughs> okay, so we're oh wow, we are past that halfway point. So. Guys, it's uh, it's time for a word from our non-sponsors. Even though we've talked about a lot of corporations and companies so far in this game, including Disintegration, who's an actual sponsor. And uh, yeah, take your time machine, go back a couple days and play for free on your PC, Xbox, or PS4. Or you can save money and pay a billion dollars for your PS5 and your Xbox Series X, what have you. All right, so who wants to... I mean, it's been a while. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you guys have uh, popped up and, and used lately, but uh, if I, if not, I have something to start. I can get it started. All righty. Um, my non-sponsor of the week is um, Bungie. The Halo Company. That is correct. Also mm. Destiny. Well, I know that I like is. to forget about that. Um, so Bungie for those who don't know and if you don't I I hope you're enjoying that rock you've been under for the past 20 years Um, they created the massively popular video game series Halo and I have been playing Halo since probably 2002 so about a little bit less than or maybe a year after the game came out. Um, I didn't have the game personally, but a friend of mine uh, did have it, and I would play the game quite a lot. 
and I was just blown away. It was such a good game. I had so much fun. Even though I was 10 at the time, so no wonder I'm such a messed up person. I'm kidding. <laughs> or am I? I don't know. That's for you I to decide. I put ketchup on my subs. <laughs> all, right, all right, Ethan. You had your chance. Let the man talk. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got Halo 2 um, back in 2004. So I was 12 at the time when that came out. Um, and then I never got Halo 3. Um, Wait, you've had, you, I, had a, you had a 360 that whole time? You never got it? Uh, correct. Or wait, did I have Halo 3? God, I don't remember. That's like I'll buying a, that's like buying an N64 and not having Super Mario 64. Yeah. I, I, I'll have to double check. Um, I well, may have. because I you played Halo 3. Because I, I finished the campaign, but I don't remember if I did it on my console or a friend's console. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. Um I did I do have Halo Reach and I so I finished all the games. I finished all the campaigns. Um I disavow Halo 4 and 5. What? 4? I liked 4. Bob, this is your moment. We'll discuss that after hours. <laughs> um although I did recently purchase Halo 4. Uh so I'm willing to give it a go. Um, because I I don't know I have faith that they wouldn't totally screw it up. Although the reactions I've heard from Halo Five are overwhelmingly negative. Oh yeah, Five's trash. Um. So I only have up up until recently I only had Halo Two and Halo Reach on my person, and. I used to have Halo 1, but it went somewhere. I don't know where. Um, so I decided it was time for me to rectify that and get the complete X, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360 trio because I'm not buying a whole console just to play one game uh, when I already have purchased a PS4. Um, yeah, probably the good call this generation. Um. So, yeah, so I, I finished out the series. Um, I have Halo 4 awaiting me, um, along with Halo ODST, 3 ODST, but, which I've never played. I liked ODST. Um, so I have 1, 2, got 3 the other day, um, just waiting on 4 and ODST, and then I'll have the... Uh, and I already had Reach, so I'll have the full uh, complement. And I am looking forward to when I have a life again in about two weeks to playing through the games in chronological order once again, or for the first time in chronological order. Uh, so start with Reach, then go one, two... Uh, I forget if th if ODST took place the same time as two or three. I don't remember, um, but in that order, and then four, uh, then four, and I am excited to bring back some cherished childhood memories. Um, so, 
yeah, that's my non-sponsor, is Bungie, more specifically Halo. Um, promo code uh, 117. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, good job, Andrew. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people have been buying a lot of video games these past few months, especially from past generations. And, uh, yeah, like, they... um, yeah, I got NCAA 13. Uh, a friend of mine had lent it to me while back um but then when i started law school i was like yeah i'm gonna have no time to play this um so i i gave it back to him um which was unfortunate um because i didn't play it for like three years after law school and i missed it so anyway i got that and then i got uh, NCAA Football 06 for the original Xbox, which a lot of people think is the best version. Um, or at least most complete version. And then uh, the Halo games. And I, if I have 120 bucks to spare, I'm going to get NCAA 14. Oh. Uh, but that that's like if I have all of the disposable income. Yeah. Speaking of that, that remind that that gets me to I'll get I'll go second here for my non-sponsor. My non-sponsor is eBay. Ooh. All right. So guys, over our time off, I started a little venture on Twitter. Uh, a brand new Twitter account called Marlins History, at Marlins History, and uh, called the Marlins Historian. And I decided. That uh, I would, I don't know why, I just went deep into baseball over this uh, this whole virus thing. Like, I just got back into loving baseball. Uh, I did the baseball broadcast on our channel, which I was going to have a playoff system, but the, uh, I just, screw it. Uh, I, I did 30 broadcasts, that was good enough for me, I'm fine. And good enough for our channel too, so uh, thanks to everybody who watched those especially our russian and japanese peeps out there Konnichiwa. comrades in any case uh i started this twitter channel and i just started just tweeting about barlin's history memorabilia stats bios all types of things and the good thing is i i got in on marlin's twitter and basically the the people that um have uh, a large following on their personal accounts and and luckily that I, I built some some headway into that with my personal account aside from my my Panthers uh, peeps and it got my channel up and running so or my Twitter uh, handle up and running so uh, a lot of followers already in like a month or so that it's been up like 440 right now which isn't a bad start uh, it's more than my actual personal account, so that's that's nice. And uh, uh, I've had some players tweet and retweet my stuff whenever I mention them, so that was pretty cool, especially some players I grew up watching, like uh, like Preston Wilson and Cliff Floyd. I'm like, oh, oh my 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 12-year-old self would be so proud <laughs> if uh, if I had ever been able to do that when I was younger. And and so um, uh, I started looking into memorabilia and stuff, and eBay just has a ton of crap. Just a ton of Marlin stuff. Just so much stuff. 
like I, I was getting to a point early on where I'm like, am I gonna be able to like have enough content for this to last uh, without repeating myself or stuff? And I just went on eBay and I'm like, whoa, there is a treasure trove. I'm never gonna run out of stuff to tweet about to like, hey, look at this cup. Does, do you remember this cup? And I'll just have something. I will always have something. So that was the cool thing about eBay. So it's basically a nice historical archive already pre-made for me. Uh, but then the funny thing was, I was like, man, I found some cool stuff on eBay that I wanted. And I'm like, so I purchased a couple things already from eBay. Some Mar- Marlins retro memorabilia. I bought a replica of uh, good old pro player stadium that's pretty freaking awesome that i love and and i bought some more stuff i'm basically gonna start my own collection here <laughs> um and i will be a marlins historian and i will set up the museum whenever our lord and savior Derek jeter wants me to do it i'm, I'm here i'm ready to do it all right i'm ready to give up law and start doing that um <laughs> So yeah, that's eBay, uh, and I've bought stuff from eBay before in the past. There's some some uh, some Nintendo gear and stuff like that. So uh, eBay promo code um, uh, paying off gambling debts because <laughs> I'm assuming a lot of people are getting rid of their stuff to pay off some debts, especially nowadays. All right, I guess I'm up. So gentlemen. Since we've last done this, I've been having a very hard time. It's been about a month, right? So I've been having a hard month of quality, and I'm a man of quality. I like to hold myself out to quality. And you don't put you ketchup gentlemen... on your subs. Yeah, exa- I don't put ketchup on my subs. Great Poupon, baby, as the great Jim Jones said in regards to the ballin'. So I, I am that guy that if I am to buy something and it's supposed to work... And it says certain things such as waterproof, sweatproof, dust resistant. I don't imagine it to die literally within the next day. Because about seven months ago, eight months ago, your boy, and I might have had a non sponsor, had, you know, erroneously hyped up his headphones, his wireless headphones. Not the true wireless, but wireless headphones from Sony, XB four hundred. I never forget. Francisco. So I had said, hey, you know, XB400s, you know, wired, wireless, Sony's, but they were going a little fritzy. I sweat a lot. I, you know, when I go full running, as you guys know, five, six miles, homie, don't play around. I'm a little piggy, and piggy sweats. So I went and I upgraded to their sport thing. It died. I'm like, within a year, I'm like, all right, I'll just go send out the warranty and, you know, do whatever, right? You know, just get a, a, the one that has, like, the little band. And I was kind of done with it because it has a little bit of a longer line. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then so I bought the, you know, Sony uh, C something. And then it literally, like, died the next day because I went out. I did my five miles. And what happens is the USB-C port that they have is really close to the neckline where I sweat. And Florida weather, you know, your boys sweated out. And so I'm like, ah, maybe it was just... One thing. So I went and I bought another one, and it died within a week. So I was at Best Buy for almost two hours evaluating. It was time for the True Buds, you know, True Wireless Earbuds, no line. And I was like, I don't like playing $200. I feel like my inner, my true Hispanic came out where, if, like, if it broke, I would never buy anything that expensive again. That's why I've always taken care of my iPhones. That's why I take care of my cars. But I broke. No pun intended, I guess, or no no connection. Contended. And I finally did it. So after two two hours... 
and $200. I picked up some great wireless earbuds, true wireless. And I didn't know about quality, man, because I felt like I wanted to give Sony a chance, but Sony hurt me. Great television, but you can't deal with sweaty piggies like me. So my non-sponsor, after that long-winded story that matters, is Jabra and my new wireless, true wireless earbuds, Jabra, Jabra 75 Elite CT Active, or whatever they call it, has good sound, a charging case, comfortably in the ears. I don't use it just for working out, too. All my court hearings are via Zoom, and trying to communicate with just my laptop out there is very difficult because of sound quality. I want to hear the judge. I, I got to deal with respondents or my own clients who are stuttering and breaking in, so I want some clarity. This is pretty cool. One earbud, you know, you can control on the right with the playthrough of the sound everything like that. To the left, I can have something called hear through, so if I'm talking to somebody, I can hear from there. Sound quality is pretty decent. The life quality is pretty good. Um, they have comfortable enough ear tips. It has survived the sweat test because obviously the charging ports aren't necessarily exposed to my sweat. It's you know sweat and dust resistant. I think the, it's an IP5 or IP7, uh, IPX7 level of uh, water quality. Um, you have the app connected, so you download the app. Uh, you can customize the way that you want your sound. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I listen to you know some YouTube in the mornings that kind of come out. I hear the quality of my clients or if I'm having Zoom hearings. And it's one of those few things because I could have been just a you know a, a regular person spent 150 or 200 bucks on Beats, but I didn't really get good reviews on the True Wireless. Nor did the AirPods. And I kind of don't like the AirPods because I talk with my hands, and my Argentinian self would just pop that some gun out. And what's cool about these Jabras, if you lose them, you can locate them. They're paired up with your phone, so it, it, it is kind of useful. But I've ran several miles with them since I got them about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, and I haven't. They haven't like come out anyway. Sometimes I might put them a little bit too deep, the way you do with a Q-tip. But I gotta say, for the price, you know, it, it worked out pretty well. I know they got the wireless charging. I was kind of hesitant because I want to put into it, but it, it was more or less it was time because if I was gonna have that repeated issue, it would have been with any kind of wireless wire version versus something like this. And you know, it's convenient. I could put it in my work case, and so far. I like it a lot, and if it breaks, I'm just going to go buy stuff at five below from now on until the day I die. And uh, so that's Jabra Elite XE uh, um, promo code. I would say uh, I'll be cute. No to Sony. My problem, I I find them so cool. The uh, wireless head uh, earbuds, but knowing me, I would lose them in two seconds. I would get them, and then, whoa, where did they go? And I would never find them again. Yeah, well, that's that's why one of the things that made me decide to get them was I can locate them because I know when I'm running, I know my route. I don't go to yeah. you know, ventures unknown. I have a, a, a particular track. So it's like the track my phone or find my iPhone app So because it's paired and yeah. you have the app on your phone. So if in the event I did lose it, I would be able to locate it. Mind you, if it's in the street, it's dead, you know, gone, and I'll never get it back again. But it, it was concerning. That's one of my reasons, too. But you can only, you know, buy a product so many times and have it just not be properly sweat-resistant. And I was just sick of it. So sometimes you do pay for quality. And I can say the quality at this moment has matched up, and I would recommend it to everybody else. Uh, I, I understand your concern. I mean, I've had my AirPod, my whatever, the AirPods or whatever, uh, for I don't know how long. I think I've had them since Christmas or something, or since my birthday. I'm not even sure when this. But 
Um, they've they've worked out for me. Uh, I haven't lost them, and I've traveled too, so I haven't lost those either. And yeah, and those two also have like a location thing. So, you know, when, whenever you last use them, it'll locate it, uh, so you can kind of figure out where they are. And uh, I would, cause I I was surprised by my you know good headphones. I I destroy headphones like crazy, like I I run through them like crazy for some reason. And so that was my fear. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to get, but I don't want to get a headphone that's expensive and I potentially use them. I don't mind paying 20 bucks here. Then they last me for a few months and then another 20 bucks here to last me another few months. But uh, I got it as a gift and I take care of them. So, uh, you know, you just have to be careful. That's all. And uh, yeah, good one, Charles. So the Halo series. Jabra headphones and eBay. And I'm pretty sure you can get all of those things on eBay. All right. Well, gentlemen, we're into our second half here. So let's talk oh, about some we... bubbles. So we talked okay. about food that we would get outside of the bubble. So we got two bubbles in place for the other sports that are still running right now. Three bubbles. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a WNBA bubble as well. Four bubbles. <laughs> What's the other bubble? MLS. Ah, well. It's a so real you've sport. Got, you've got <laughs> two hockey bubbles. You've got two hockey bubbles. And our uh, Miami soccer team already sucks, so. <laughs> and believe is this it or not. Is it their first year? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. What a worse effing time. They haven't won a game yet, so. Uh, they are the... The first team in MLS history to not win their first five games. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, a bit further north in the state, my Orlando City uh, are the furthest they've been in any sort of a uh, MLS tournament. Uh, they're up in the semifinals right now. They're facing off against uh, Minnesota. Uh, tomorrow night. So we are we're finally turning things around. Okay. Um. So so we have the the, the several different bubbles. All right. You can play disintegration in the bubble if you want to. And yeah. so, um, let's talk about some bubble life. So we have the NHL bubble, two of them. You have the the Edmonton bubble. And the Toronto bubble. And it's worked so far. None of the players have gotten sick. We have the NBA bubble in Orlando. And that's worked as well. None of the players have gotten sick. Goes to show, of course, a question as to what happens if baseball loses control. Would they have to pause season and create a bubble? I don't know. But that's speculation further on. We can talk about that later. But Andrew, the NHL has commenced the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we have the qualifiers, so we have uh, 24 NHL teams there. The bottom seven teams have already gone out. Uh, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings tanked as horribly as possible and still couldn't get the number one pick. And one of the teams in the Stanley Cup qualifying rounds will get a chance at the number one pick. If not, they get the number two pick, which is insane that that would happen. But 
games have gone on. My Panthers have disappointed me, and it's it looks like uh, we just pr- prolong the process of being eliminated from the playoffs, <laughs> anyways. Well, hey, if you if you keep losing, you get a shot at uh, at that, a huge prospect in Lafreniere. Yeah, I know, but I mean that's that's the hope. I'm hoping the NHL just rigs the uh, <laughs> rigs the the draft. Well, and gives it to us just to save the franchise because <laughs> just Panthers Twitter is at its all-time low right now. People are like, blow it up, get rid of everybody, nobody's safe, get rid of Barkov, get a giant haul from for, for Huberto and Barkov because you would get a giant haul for them. And, Yikes, um, you know I'm, you're in trouble when you're... Ah, oh, damn it. Sorry, I'm watching the uh, Rays game uh, concurrent with the Carolina... Uh, New York Rangers game. Yeah. And, and yeah, the Rangers could be the first team out if they don't win tonight. That is true. Um, uh, this game is tied 0-0. Uh, 12-15 left in the first. Uh, anyway, back to our, our discussion. So, uh, games have gone on. You can see there on the, on the, the score crawl uh, what's happened so far. Um, the Winnipeg-Calgary series is actually pretty good. Uh, they're they're tied one one. Calgary's up four to two right now. It's the second period. It's about to end, and we all wanted Calgary versus Edmonton, but this might be a nice consolation. Uh, so uh, there was already a, a major injury to one of the Winnipeg players, and the, they they blamed the the Flames for it. So it's it's already uh, chippy between the two. So that you know Western Canadian teams, that's pretty cool to see. Uh, Nashville's tied up their series against Arizona. Uh, the the Jackets and the Leafs are tied 1-1. Although Toronto doesn't deserve anything good, so I hope the Leafs lose. <laughs> although uh, one of their players, Jake Muzzin, uh, got seriously injured tonight. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and then you have the, so those are the Stanley Cup qualifying teams. The Chicago Blackhawks are playing the Edmonton Oilers, and man, Connor McDavid needs to get the hell out of Edmonton. Yes, he does. I, I am sorry. Uh, you have to change your your agent because I'm surprised he convinced you to sign an extension with the Oilers to keep you there. I mean, you imagine how much you would have gotten as a free agent. Oh, oh he he could have. I, I mean. So many teams would have thrown money at him. Montreal would have thrown money at him. Uh, I think the Lightning even would have thrown money at him. Can you you imagine a line with Connor McDavid, uh, and I I don't remember what their positions are exactly, so they may not be on the same line, but Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov. Right, Nikita Kucherov. I think he's a right wing. wing. Yeah. And then uh, Connor McDavid. Can yeah. you imagine that? That would Even be if you, deadly. You, you could still move Stamkos to the second line, and it would be insane. It'd be ridiculous. We would be stacked, although we were stacked last year, and we still couldn't win a fucking uh, playoff game. <laughs> so, well, so you have uh, those teams out there fighting off against each other. The the, but then you have the top. Four, uh, the top four teams in each conference uh, playing basically the two top division teams. 
facing off against each other in round robins in the east and the west so and so far i mean uh the lightning won their first game up in uh a hotly contested contest against the the washington capitals no thanks uh, to the refs good lord well and well I, you guys won it out in the shootout so um, i i know we we won the damn thing and that's all that matters but we just i they just screwed us on so many calls. It was ridiculous. And listen, I am not normally a guy that blames the refs for anything, but there was shit that the uh, caps were pulling and weren't getting calls for, and we would do the same thing, and we were getting calls for. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I hate I when mean, that happens. The, the refs haven't anyway. been particularly... I mean, in the Panthers series, the first game, wasn't. they weren't particularly good, but today... Today was no excuses for how awful the Panthers were after the second half of the game, but that's me going off. Sorry. Um, so, uh, but as far as uh, the round robin, uh, the the Golden Knights beat the Stars, so that happened. The Flyers beat the Bruins, and, and remember, the Bruins were the number one team in the Eastern Conference uh, when things shut down. But uh, part of me was like, I don't think the the Bruins are good. But I don't think they were as runaway good as people thought they were. Uh, the Lightning had more victories uh, than the Bruins. The Bruins just had more points by virtue of the loser point. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think Boston is as good as people think that they are. I think Tampa can stand toe-to-toe with them. Heck, uh, well, you saw what happened. Philadelphia can stand toe-to-toe with them. And, and definitely Washington. They're not... <laughs> they're definitely not far away removed from their Stanley Cup. So, um, though the East is going to be very interesting with regards to seeding, I think it'll be pretty close. Uh, but uh, there are some teams uh, that uh, I wouldn't want to face if I was one of those teams uh, that are in the round robin. Uh, Carolina. If they dismantle the Rangers tonight, that it, they would they would have won three games in a row. So that means that uh, they could go in potentially hot. And we saw what happened last year. They could upset people, and that's not the team that you want to face. So the bunch of jerks uh, have what it takes to, to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and see what happens from there. Uh, the Blue Jackets... Uh, they, you know, as, <laughs> they lost Panarin, and they lost uh, Bobrovsky, and yet they're still there, which says something. But we'll see how how they go with the Leafs. They're tied at one one. Um, the Oilers out west, they well, they they spanked the the Blackhawks uh, yesterday, so they they woke up. I mean, it's not it's not a team that that doesn't lack offense. It was a 61 6 to 3 smacking and uh you got Leon Draisaitl who will probably win the MVP this year. He should. He really should. You got McDavid. Uh it's just the rest of the team and whether the Oilers can can play any defense. That's one of the if there's one thing that people have against uh Connor McDavid is the fact that uh he's not that great defensively, but when you're so good offensively, I mean, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> And he shouldn't be expected to be that great of a defense, uh, defensive uh, forward. So, 
there's that. The the Penguins getting upset game one against Montreal. That was a surprise, but uh, they won 3-1 to one the next day. Anyways, I still think the Pens are going to win unless, unless Montreal gets all the breaks and Carey Price stands on his head. I, I, that would be the only way Montreal could take could take out Pittsburgh in that series. Um, Arizona, the Coyotes, I mean, they lost their GM just recently. He just walked away from the job. Um, there might there might be something internal that happened there. I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens. But they, they're tied 1-1 with Nashville. Uh, as uh, with, with regards to hockey, I'm always cheering for my Sunbelt teams. So it sucks that they're pitted against Nashville. Uh, but alas, uh, I still want the. If I had to choose between Nashville and Arizona, I want to see the Coyotes succeed. Uh, so I would go with them. And uh, as far let me see the other series. I don't know if you want to pitch a pipe in here, Andrew, at some point. But what's up? Oh no, I'm just saying. I, I've been talking a while, so. Um, and Colorado, oh, did you see how Colorado won their first game against St. Louis? Point one, se- not even point one seconds. Yeah, that barely. Was, that was probably one one hundredth of a second oh away. Oh my god, that was uh, did, insane. I'll send the link to you uh, after the show, Charles. But what yes. happened was um, the I forget who shot the puck initially. Um, Hit the post, it bounced right. off, um, and it was fell right into the crease. And then Nazem Kadri uh, shovels the thing in, and like I, it was the I couldn't I honestly could have made the call either way because it looked like it was still on the line with with one-tenth remaining. Right. And then the exact next frame, it was in the net entirely, but it was 0.0. So you have to wonder, kind of extrapolate what happened in that in that frame difference. And, I, I mean, I think what worked in Colorado's favor was that it was a call, the called goal on the ice. So you need indisputable video evidence to overturn. Um, so I think in that regard, it was a good call, but that was probably the closest goal I've ever seen yeah. in terms of time. So in hockey, uh, unlike in basketball, if you get the last shot off and it's in the air, uh, it'll still count if you make it in, even if time has expired. In hockey... Uh, you get that last shot off. It does if it doesn't cross the goal line, it's not going to count. Even if you got the shot off and it's in the air, so Kadri's shot just past the goal line in the air uh, with 0.1 seconds left to win them the game. So that's what happened uh, with with uh, with uh, regards to that game. And there was some controversy in. Think in the in the Lightning Flames series in the Stanley Cup with that too. Kind of, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a time thing. It was a uh, goal line did it go thing. over the line right. thing? Yeah. But now, it, it, obviously, obviously, as a Lightning fan, 
you know my position on it. It was not a goal. Um, well, I'll explain it for Charles real quick. Um, it was game six of the 2004 Stanley Cup final between the Lightning and the Flames. Um, a puck was shot by the Flames, and according to video replay, it appeared to be entirely across the line. And but it was called a no goal even after review, um, and there was a huge debate. Should it have been called a goal or no 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 they didn't even review it I don't think, um, but upon further review and evidence, what actually happened was it was an optical illusion that made it appear to be over the line, but in reality it was not um, thanks to camera they like merged all the camera angles together and came up with like a 3d representation of where the puck was in the air um, but it turned out to not be a goal so it was a good call um, and that was important because that would have I think tied the game um, or maybe it would have put them ahead. I don't remember. Calgary was ahead 3-2. Uh, Tampa would, in double overtime, thanks to Marty St. Louis, uh, score the winning goal to bring it to Game 7 back in Tampa, where the Lightning would end up winning the Stanley Cup. So basically, if you had not won that, or had that been overturned, that might have affected you in the future. Uh, quite possibly, they could have ended up winning the game and the series if mm -hmm. uh, if we hadn't won that game. Yeah. Although okay. it ultimately shouldn't have mattered because, as some people say, all right, that didn't go in, but you had two overtimes to score a goal, uh, but they didn't. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's always just that one call. Right. You know, as, as a Titans fan, I just think about the goal line with them against the Rams. That one yard, that one inch makes a difference, right? That was like a fourth down play, timer expires, things go to hell. And in hockey, I didn't even know there was that kind of rule that you can still be in motion, but once the game's over, in theory, with the, the play clock that's out or the game clock's out, then you're really up a creek because there's nothing you can do, and you can't challenge it, you can't do anything with it. Yeah, if it does not cross the line, it wasn't a goal. So even if it was in the air. Mm. So, that's um, all right. So, I mean, that's, that's hockey. That's just what's going on right now. The, and the, there's a, there's a game tonight between Minnesota and Vancouver. And uh, Minnesota is already up one, nothing in that series. It's a best of uh, best three out of five for the qualifying games. And then the round robins just for seeding uh, for the top teams out there. So, when does the Stanley Cup final, or not finals, but Stanley Cup playoffs really do start? I understand the play-in and the round-robin, but when is it? Well, mostly everything's on the line kind of feel. I mean, in a sense, they've already begun. because yeah. Technically, these are the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Technically, um, just to make people like myself, hey, the Panthers made the playoffs feel good, even though, really, they don't deserve to be here. Um, right, and... I mean, in a sense, it is the playoffs because it it is a playoff. You lose your series, then you're done. Okay. Um, but in terms of what you're saying, because I think I'm getting your point, it would be the next round. 
Gotcha. Um, that's when it would go back to a semblance of a normal right. uh, semblance of a normal playoff. And what's oh. happening is the top four teams in each conference they're mm-hmm. doing a a round robin to determine seeding for the top four teams. Yeah, then they'll play against the other teams from there. August okay. 9th is the last day if, let's say, all the series hypothetically went to five games and and and, and so forth. So, um, so there's uh, so that's hockey. So we got the then we have the NBA bubble with their. Uh, I mean, the NBA was practically at the end of its season, anyways. So there's uh, eight games or so that each team is playing for seeding only, and then the NBA playoffs will resume as normal from there. Uh, Charles, I mean, any surprises from the bubble so far? I mean, it just seems like things have returned as they should be in the NBA. The Heat are playing the the Celtics right now. Uh, They won their first game, uh, and then they lost. Oh, man, the way they lost the second game against Toronto. Ugh, those turnovers freaking killed me. <laughs> can't, can't win if you don't know how to handle, uh, right? It's Jimmy Butler, too, and I, I, I don't want to be angry at the man, but uh, if he just held on to the ball. Well, to kind of steal it from there to answer your question. So I have tried to watch hockey. I actually do enjoy hockey, even though sometimes I'm just kind of dits with it. But the playoffs, you know, until they get full effect, because the NBA, as Francisco mentioned, is kind of in its own little pseudo-playoff with the play-ins. Now with the East, we already know what kind of the lineup's going to look like. It's just the West that is so contentious, though. Yeah, granted, they, I feel that Phoenix should not be in there, and they should not waste the time to be there, right. but that's just me. I mean, the East um, is only nine teams. so You're just and, praying and really, for Washington to have a miracle. Yeah, Washington to see if they can overtake uh, Orlando. Which for you know our Mr. Orlampa fan over there with Andrew, mm-hmm. we don't want them to. Plus, Orlando kind of there's that consistency. They were there last year. They've had their bumps and bruises, but they're making it back now. Jason Isaac tearing his ACL doesn't help. Uh, that was but awful. surprise wise, not so much. You know what I've kind of liked the competitive competitiveness is there, even yeah. though there was that big delay. Like each game feels intense. I have been watching almost start to finish. I've ignored wrestling, and that's for different reasons. Mm. But um, I was I watched I watched the Heat games, them versus the Nuggets. I kind of like this whole all-day sports fiesta of baseball, basketball, and hockey to watch into it. Uh, surprise-wise, it's not really there because the true surprise is always going to be that highly touted team that gets eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. What I want to know is how long can we keep healthy because you've had two major injuries – Orlando lost their forward, Jason Isaacs, or is he their center? No, he's their forward. And then, just now, I read that Jaron Jackson, who was foundational in the youth movement, that is the Grizzlies, who are basically clinging on to the AFC with all their dear life because San Antonio is coming. Popovich is coming with that fury of trying to make it 22 years in a row to playoffs. And then, you know, the ESPN darlings, the Pelicans, need to be there. For whatever reason, because I like me some Zion, but that team's kind of trash. So I, mean, I don't know why you want to watch it. That's the only reason that they put Phoenix in. They put Phoenix in just to make it seem like, well, we're not doing this just for the Pelicans. 
Yeah. It's completely for the Pelicans, though, because we want... And look, Zion's going to be great one day, but he I watched all day yesterday that game. He's kind of slow coming back on defense. He is can be a transcendent uh, player. He just got to get his NBA condition down. John Morant, to me, though, is the guy. You got to think, yeah. for a whole season, he has led a team that everybody thought be, was dead in the water. It would be a disservice if he doesn't win in the Rookie of the Year. Well, it there's wouldn't. nobody else. This is not even the year where like Malcolm Brogdon won it because there was nobody else to take from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to Jaw because Zion came in late. But listening to Doris Burke and um, the other guy that was broadcasting make excuses for the Pelicans and why they're in this struggle now on the idea of if they had Zion, they would have been higher. I'm going to tell you right now, you could have had Zion the whole season and you probably would have been in the same seating at the ninth seed that that what you already have or the 10th and it's a known fact because having zion doesn't improve lonzo ball as a shooter yeah, having re- zion doesn't re- you have to remember yeah we all have to remember that is the lakers team from last season and if lebron couldn't get them over the hump how's Zion gonna do that and also because alvin gentry just isn't the coach and i'm not this guy who propels men to lose their jobs but he had a long period you, and you've he called only for alvin gentry's them. head for quite a while now yeah, well, it's just logically speaking, because look at what Frank Vogel, Mr. Bland Offense, has been able to do just with LeBron, who's taking a state. LeBron is playing the Dwayne Wade role when LeBron came to the Heat. Think on that. And the talent that is Anthony Davis, because there's really no one else that's great on that Laker team. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it. Currently, at this moment, of guys who haven't opted out, it's J.R. Smith, you know, Philly Cheesesteak, Deion Waiters, as. Uh, the guys over at 790 The Ticket would say, yeah. um, or what they called him, you have Kyle Kuzma, who's inconsistent. Um, who else is on there that I can think of that just doesn't do anything? Uh, Alex Caruso? Right? Yeah. Like, think on yeah, that. Ray so Glenn, on that team. Uh, Rajon. You know, so, they got JR. So, and, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who is just now one-dimensional. All his potential was in Detroit. So you have legitimately speaking a squad that is just not as good with a very bland coach offensively great defensive guy he mm-hmm. he he's one of those rare coaches that knows how to tell you to you know manage your your minutes and your positions and everything defensively but it's really just two big studs two of the biggest studs out there right but they're doing fantastic so you can't tell me that alvin gentry would have made this team better with zion when you had prime anthony davis who's what 26 doing great put it up like 16 points in every first quarter and then has to cool down it, it's just a different focus it's a killer instinct and that's the thing about alvin gentry like him as a human being do good things with phoenix he lacks a certain killer instinct that you have in veteran coaches and here's the thing alvin gentry is a veteran coach and he don't got it you know who yeah. has the veteran kind of like killer instinct as a coach greg popovich <laughs> yeah i mean you would hope that new orleans will I mean, because that team needs to take a step. You have to remember the guys that were traded from the Lakers. They're not, they're not, you know, seasoned veterans. They're just as young and inexperienced. So you, they might need a coach that could bring that out of them. The uh, the only other thing is you have Brandon Ingram on the Pelicans, who is going to be your most improved player. But you know, organization wise going forward, are, and this is what I always kind of say about basketball players, because you can't gauge this with hockey, and you definitely can't gauge it with football, which is completely a team sport, nor baseball. Is that player's number so ridiculously good because he's improved, 
or is that player's number so good because he's the only option you have? That's true. That's true. And yeah. I feel it is with Ingram because it's the same Brandon Ingram who was with that Laker team the last couple of years and couldn't hang with D'Angelo Russell, couldn't hang with Lonzo as being that guy, couldn't hang with LeBron, and then he had the aortic issue, which put it, or was blood clots. It put him out for a while. So I'm glad that he's healthy. He looks like he's a leader. I, I think Alvin Gentry knows how to use a singular piece to his benefit, which is what he's doing here. But I think it's just ridiculous because what, what happens is, and let's be fair here, the NBA should not even had a play-in. They should have said, hey, these are the one through eights. Let's just go. And it would have made life a little bit easier because now you're extending the season, you're prolonging injury, you're delaying free agency for the following year. I've had gripes about it for the months. But it has been interesting. On the Heat side of things, so which the paraphamiliars that Francisco and I share, um, I know we're probably going to get bounced in that first round or second round. The way that seeding comes in, we're probably I mean, going to get Philly. I will die about it because I've been crapping on Philly for two years now since we've been doing this show. I mean, right now. I mean, no, we have the, Indiana. They're at the four seed. They're currently beating Boston by seven right now. Got 640 left. So never mind by by five now. So if they can hang on, they'll pull a little closer to that three seed against Boston. They're not gonna they're they're not gonna reach the Raptors. They already lost to the Raptors. They're just not gonna reach number two. If they get three, then yeah, they'll face Philly. If they stay at four, or if they drop to five, or even. They, they would face Indiana. Um, I, I would take Indiana, without yeah. a doubt. Uh, given their, their injuries, I mean, it's a good team. It's a well-coached team, but it's just not. It would it would at least ensure that the Heat could move, at least make it to the next round. You know, make it a five, even six-game series if Indiana really plays hard and, yeah. uh, and, and make it there. Because um, after that, I mean, Brooklyn, Orlando, and Washington. God damn, why is Washington here? I Just to justify it. <laughs> why are they this, there? It's a lot of trash, man. Oh, my God. So, yeah, why is Washington there? I, I mean, even, I mean, okay, the West. Okay, so Sacramento is four games back. That could conceivably happen. But, dear Lord, Washington. They, they are seven and a half games back of Orlando. Yeah, it, they should have just left the East as it was. The West, I can get even with the whole Zion thing, but dear lord. Okay. Um. And and yeah, I do kind of, I I get your your. Because the NBA wasn't ready. They were all in on Zion Williamson this year with the marketing and all that stuff. They were all in on him. And, you know, he gets injured. Virus happens. And John Morant is the one to steal the show. And they weren't ready to promote him at all. You know, where does Zion come from? Duke. The the school, right? The the seminal school. And then where does John Morant go to for college? He went to Murray State. Yeah. yeah. What is the marketability? Because what happens is it's one of those few sports, just like college football. There's a lot of college football fans who don't like the pros. And guess what? There's a lot of college basketball fans who don't like the pros. So if you want to cross them over, 
it's yeah. bringing your favorite guys. And if you have that big blue devils, baby, you know, who, because they think they're a factory, that turns out a lot of great people. Well, you're right. <laughs> but lately they haven't, unless you're counting Grayson Allen on the Pelicans. Ironic, right? Or is he on the Pelicans now? No, he's on a... No, he's on the Grizzlies. He got drafted by Utah, and then they traded him when they got Mike Conley. But, you know, so it was easy to market Zion. Why? Because we also said LeBron. They're, you know, it's easy to say LeBron because big build, physicality, athletic, can learn those handles. Ja, you know, is kind of his own dude. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have a guy to address him to because I watching him play – and that's kind of what I've liked about this restart is I get to see the Western teams play, that's not true you know, well. not at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night because your boy is tired. I'm watching them around 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. And you know he has he he takes some shots he doesn't need, but he doesn't really have a bad direction of the ball. He is very team friendly approach, and if he's got a score, he's got a score. I mean, this could be your guy where a more athletic Tony Parker, maybe, or if he ends up in a couple of years, get that season in, just like my cooking, he might be become Mike Conley himself. You know, there's some things I can think of. But if you go for Zion, I don't really think there's a doubt towards it, but if you really go for Zion, then just like everything else I say about the NBA, it's just a joke, so let's just laugh, right? Um, but the NBA will be interesting. I think all the sports are really going to be interesting the year because I at least will say that the NBA will have a playoffs. Hockey will have a playoffs. I can't guarantee it to baseball. But, hey, if the Yanks are going to finish being kings of nothing, I'll take it too. What are we doing about football? Because I, I know there's a small segment I want to touch upon it because there's things to build on. But I got right. a big old question on that. All right. Well, I, how, I don't know how long you guys want to go. We're at one hour and 57 minutes. I mean, supersize I mean, for additional 15 minutes is fine by me. I mean, you tell Andrew, me, guys. Because there's some questions about the NFL, and there's definitely questions about college football. Uh, I'm good with whatever, guys. All right. let's Okay, let's go to college then. All right. Since you, All right. right. And we took you out with the NBA talk, so we're going to bring it back <laughs> in. Um, Andrew, what's going down? I know that. My beloved Seminoles will not take on those inbred hicks in Gainesville this year for the first time in like more than half a century. Correct. So let me uh, let me break it down. Um, in their the NCAA are idiots. Uh, Mark Emmert is an idiot. They have no backbone. They can't manage or govern worth a damn they suck um tell us how you really feel Andrew. <laughs> so what they're saying is you know we're going to leave it up to the individual conferences to decide what they want to do this season so the acc said all right we're going to do i forget if it was eight or nine games uh we're going to do X, I forget how many games. Um, so we're going to do X amount of games in conference. Um, then we're going to have X amount of non-conference games. And the only catch is it has to be in your own state. Doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that it has to be at your stadium. But like for instance, FSU could play UCF in Orlando. Uh, or 
could play UCF at Orlando, or uh, let's say East Carolina, which is based out of North Carolina, could Tallahassee and play FSU, but FSU couldn't go to ECU and play. Hmm. So the long and the short of it is ACC teams have to be within their own state um, for the non-conference games. The SEC, uh, so in theory, FSU could have played Florida under that regulation. But the SEC said they're doing no non-conference games whatsoever. So that ends it right there. Um, it's the first time in God knows how long, like you mentioned, that they the two haven't played each other. Um, other conferences are doing their own. Every conference is doing its own thing. There's no semblance of uniformity um, anywhere. Uh, so far, none of the FBS or any of the FBS conferences have, excuse me, have canceled football outright. Um, D3 is all but going to cancel their football season because I think all but two of the conferences have have canceled their football seasons altogether. So what's the point of having a D3 season if only two conferences are going to play? Um, more conferences are announcing. The American Athletic Conference is announcing tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Personally, I don't think there should be a season at all. Um, mm -hmm. It's One of my friends came up with an interesting idea, which... I would be okay with if if the NCAA went this route or the conferences went this route, I'd be totally fine with. I think he suggested that each of the conferences create their own bubble in a city. Um, okay. So, like for for example, um, his recommendation for my conference, the American Athletic Conference, would be go to New Orleans. Um, because they have three, possibly four stadiums there. You have Yulman Stadium, which is where the uh, uh, Green Wave Tulane plays. Um, you've, of course, got the Superdome. Um, and then there are a couple of other stadiums there as well. Uh, you know, there are cities all over the country where you have two or more stadiums that could fit football. It doesn't have to be a football stadium. It could be a soccer stadium. Um, so his idea was each of the ten conferences creates a bubble. I don't... If it was logistically feasible, I'd be all for it. Because I want there to be a college football season as much as the next guy. But I just don't see how it could work logistically because there's, there's so many factors. Uh, more so, more so than any of the pro sports. For one thing, pro sports have oodles and oodles of money. Right. To pay, f I mean, look. Let's take the NHL for example. Um. Uh. Well, not even. Let's go with. 
let's go with the NBA because that would be the the best corollary because they're all in one city. Um, or no, it would have to be something like the NHL. Uh, let's take uh, Vancouver for example. The NHL has essentially rented out two hotels, two entire hotels. They're renting out, and on top of the and on top of that, they've created a, a basically a, they've created barriers around the two two hotels. Yeah, in Edmonton and and Toronto, uh, it's basically their own NHL zone. They they practically own a couple of city blocks. It's a yeah, a city within the city. No one goes in, or the only people that go in are are hotel employees and restaurant people. But they are constantly tested. Mm. They interact with the players as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. And aside from those, and they even have, like, essential workers, uh, hotel workers, uh, they they are housed in the bubble. Yeah. You know, and there's, there are certain... And there's there different certain... levels of clearance, almost like in, a, almost like in, a, in a, a government building of some sort. You have different security levels. So, like, the players are, like, the top tier... And then you have other people from there, and they all have different levels of clearance of where they can and cannot go. Exactly. So, now let's... Okay, so there, you've got 15 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, uh, Vancouver, because I read an article, so I know a bit more about it. So that is 16 teams there. Um, so 16 teams... With I think a roster is what twenty three players twenty five players. So the well let's see right now, so yeah both teams in Edmonton. Um, well it's twenty four teams, so twelve and twelve on each side. Oh right 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 so twelve teams. Twelve and twelve Edmonton and Toronto, and uh, normally an NHL roster they carry about twenty two maybe twenty three players. Well, I'm, I'll say 22 I, just to I think, make them I think now they've, uh, they've at least, I don't know how much more they added. I'm assuming it's like 25 or more now. Okay, Maybe so we'll say 25. Mm-hmm. So 25 players, just players, times 12 is... A lot. I'm doing the math here. Uh, 25 times 12 is, let's see, 250 would be 10. Uh, so it's 300, 300 players. Um, again, players. Then you've got, like, 8 to 10, coaches. maybe probably more staff. Yeah, coaches and staff. Per team. So let's say 10. So that's another 120 people. You've got media people and other non like directly affiliated associated with like coaching and whatever yeah maybe even just nhl officials from the league right you've got probably 12 officials yeah 12 officials per bubble 
So, I mean, I won't belabor the point and continue doing math, but you're probably looking at close to 500 people <laughs> in each bubble. So, that's for 12 teams. College football has 100 players per team. And let's say they reduce it down to 50, which is the travel roster size. 50 players times the smallest conference is 10 teams. So that's 500 players. Add in probably about 10 coaches, probably more like 15 coaches per team. So that's another 150. So you're probably looking at like 800 people per bubble. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. And I'll come back next week and, and do more math. That's 800 people. So between two hotels is 500 people in the NHL. So that's 250 per hotel. You're looking at like four, maybe five hotels for a conference. And the NHL is a billion-dollar league. They can afford to do that shit. It may hurt the pocketbook, but they can afford it. Conferences are lucky to have a billion dollars. And the schools definitely don't have anywhere close to enough money to do that. Logistically, it doesn't make any sense to have a bubble, unfortunately. Yeah, that, plus the other factors, like uh, players are getting paid. And, right, and then... And school. I mean, she and like, Right, and then look, uh, what was the name of that idiot for the Sacramento Kings? Rashawn Holmes. Thank you. How old is he? Probably 23, 24. Okay. So he's a little bit older than college age, and he's getting paid millions of dollars to play. He is an idiot for leaving the bubble, and he should know better. I mean, you got to get your Wendy's, dude. Baconator, it man. It was drilled into his head, don't <laughs> leave the goddamn bubble. But and now he's He's been reprimanded. He knows better. And he and he's roughly college age. Can you imagine having to corral five hundred college age kids, and then forcing them to wear masks and all that other stuff? Ugh, it's gonna be a mess. It's a mess, and then you have to have ten of those. Admittedly, they're all self-contained. You know, the AAC wouldn't have to regulate the Big Twelves, but. Logistically, and that is the safest way to do it. Look at what happen, what's happening in Major League Baseball. And again, these are big boys. The, uh, we're, the youngest people are college age. But you have a bunch of late 20s, early, mid 30s people. And they can't get their shit together. And there's no bubble whatsoever. They can go home, see their family... Whatever they can get some chicken they wings. could they could get some chicken wings if they wanted to. They could go to a 
casino if they wanted to, and there's no repercussions in terms of a fine or whatever. There's no bubble, and of course they're the league that is getting that are is getting all of this these infections or all of this COVID nineteen mm. because there's no regulation. So I don't. See, I can't see how, and then look, at college football, let's say, let's take the AAC, for example. You have to stay in your, you have to stay in your state for non-conference games. Fine. That idea, hold on, there's another logistical part of this. Some cities, some cities don't even have the capacity to hold that many people. Correct. Like New Orleans could because it's a it's a big party city. You know, you've got Mardi Gras. Uh, they can manage the Super Bowl. They can manage ten college teams. I get that. But okay, let's take the AAC for example. Uh, let's take Florida State for example. Let's take Florida State for example. Your beloved Seminoles. They're going to be playing, and I have to double-check the schedule, they're going to be playing Notre Dame this season. Oh. Notre Dame is in Indiana. Yep. But because they're in the same conference, they're allowed to play each other. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to either send those guys on a, on a commercial flight which God knows what is going to happen there. There could, who knows what sort of infections or what diseases in there. And let's say you have to rent two, probably three private private planes if you want to go that route. That's millions of dollars. Conferences can't afford that on top on top of a hotel. So like, it makes no sense to hold a season. But these schools are so hell bent on the almighty dollar, what they which they worship, that they're willing to put these kids at risk. And bear in mind, there are some schools. I'm not sure what's going on now, where they were making these kids sign waivers, indemnifying the conference and the team if they get sick. Yeah. And these kids can't collectively bargain. It's like no. It's ridiculous. And again, like I said, I, people think, oh, I'm uh, people like me or in my position who are against having a season, they're like, oh, you hate sports. No! Are you kidding me? I would love nothing more than to see my Knights curb stomp UNC in Georgia, week one of the season and curb stomp Georgia Tech, go 13-0 and and go to another... New Year's Six Bowl. I would love nothing more than that. Not to mention, I could feasibly, in a normal year, I could feasibly have covered like 12, possibly 13 college uh, college uh, football games. Not to mention the Orange Bowl and the National Championship were both this season in Miami. Hell yes, I want a college football season. But I'm not willing to risk the lives of 100-plus kids per team and their staff members 
just because I can get some college football. I'm not an idiot, hmm. and I'm not so hell-bent on having sports to make that the case. And these adults, these are adults, are willing to put these kids' lives at risk just so they can get money. It's not worth it. It's really not. And it's, it's disheartening to see what's going on. But it's just the nature of the beast uh, to, <laughs> to make dollars wherever. It sucks, but it's just the way it is. Mm. Um, so, so that's it's going on. Uh, you know, on top of that in college sports, um, Black Lives Matter is a huge thing right now. Um, 400 athletes in the Pac-12 conference have said uh, base uh, have made demands of the conference. You know, uh, essentially that we need the right to collective bargain. They said, uh, not essentially. They didn't say that, but like we need an, a neutral third-party observer to maintain. Uh, strict COVID-19 regulations. Uh, we need more representation in uh, Black Lives Matter and other uh, racial diversity initiatives. And they said, if you don't give us these, we're going to boycott. Huh. And, you know, good on these kids. You know, it's about damn time. I don't want to say it's about damn time that they stood up for themselves because... You know, when I was 22, I'd be scared shitless to... I was scared shitless to, to, I don't know, challenge any sort of authority when I was 22. Um, yeah. These kids are 18 to 22 dealing with million-dollar schools, uh, million, multi-million-dollar conferences. Think the, uh, I think the OK Boomer mentality has helped... In that regard, I mean, our generations, millennials, and was it what's the what's this this other one, Gen Z, whatever they call Gen them. Z, and you know, good on them. I, I feel know, like a, we we've kind of had it with uh, our elders and stuff. So yeah, you know, I'm mad as hell, and I ain't gonna take it no more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and you know, good for them, and. Unfortunately, they're getting pushback. Like, uh, uh, I forget his first name, but last name is Rolovich. Um, he's the current head coach, the new head coach from Washington State. Uh, came out, uh, there was a tape recording of him released, uh, talking with a player released yesterday. Is that the one where he's like, oh, don't join the Unity group? Basically, yes. He said... Uh, the kid called to let him, let the coach know that he was going to opt out of the season due to COVID nineteen concerns. But he all, but then he also, the player previously had expressed uh, uh, his support for the um, that that unity movement in the Pac twelve. Uh, Wazoo is in the Pac twelve, and the coach more or less said, you know. You know, if you're opting out because of this protest, you know, you're not going to be on the team any longer. So there is pushback. 
against these kids, which is unfortunate because they're not asking for that much. I mean, numerically wise, yes. But in terms of being decent, they're not asking for that much. I mean, but so many, so many college football coaches, football coaches outside of professionals in general uh, have, uh, you know, a superiority complex and stuff like that. They, Makes they no get, question. Some of them no get question. the walks off from being the guy and nobody can tell them what to do. That's why so many it's hard for so many college coaches to transition to the pros because a, a pro player can basically tell them to go after themselves. So Right. So, I... I, I don't think we I don't have know. enough time for this, man. <laughs> There's so it's much. It's a sneak preview for next week. Oh, no, yeah, we can sorry, talk about football next week because so we haven't it's... even got to the NFL. Yeah, sorry That's it took so game. long on that. It's just a lot happens. You you are mad as hell. And you cannot... Yeah, I can, I can, I can hear your... Your anger and things, how some things are transpiring here. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. A lot has happened in the past month in mm-hmm. all sports, um, but especially college football because it's a whole paradigm shift of how these players want to be represented and respected. So, in some ways, I'd say. Uh, more has gone on in college football, college sports, than any of the other pro leagues. All right. Okay. So, Charles, I mean, we're, we're, this is our big episode 69 here. Oh, before we do that, before, uh, before I just want to get some, some 69-related uh, uh, facts out of the way. Go so, for it. All right. So, I, I've, I've come up with a list. Of uh, I can't do the NFL. There's so many number 69s in the history of the NFL, but I guess the most prominent one of all time is Jared Allen. Yeah, cowboy. Yeah, so he's probably the greatest 69 in all in NFL history. And his personality definitely was with the definition of 69, especially with that facial hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's the greatest sixty nine ever. He played for four teams across his career, and he wore number sixty nine for all of them. So we commend you, good sir. Uh, the NBA has been too afraid to issue the number sixty nine. Cowards. So no NBA player in history has worn the nicest number of all time. And uh, uh, I don't have an NHL 69. I don't think they have either. I don't even know if it's in circulation in the NHL. And finally, uh, Major League Baseball has had, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 69s in baseball history. And really, the only person of note that I see on this list is Bronson Arroyo. <laughs> Mr. Uh, white guy with the dreads, man, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect with the personality. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bronson Arroyo, he wore number 69 when he was with the Pirates from 2000 to 2002. So, there you go. Those are our number 69s across sports history that I could come up with. 
And uh, so that's that's all I have on, on 69 related uh, stuff. I needed to get that out of the way. And well, we come to the cage, Charles. Welcome oh. back. Oof. It's been a while. It has been a while. So, like all things, as the sun rises to the east and sets in the west, and the soul of Vince McMahon is eternal, as is the cage with Charles. Time to put the disclaimer out, even though we took a month off. Uh, welcome, everybody, to your weekly Truplex of Cage with Charles. As we know, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a ballet, contrary to Billy Graham and what he says about that. It is basically the story about men or women chasing championships, blood feuds, romance, reunions, friendships what have you and boy let me tell you there's a lot popping in the wrestling world gentlemen and when you say charles what do you mean by popping i'm talking about like it ain't just a wwe aew world anymore that monopoly that they had during the covid stuff covid's still around but during the covid stuff mm. it's kind of lessened a little bit because new japan's back i got some gripes there impact wrestling oh. is seems some success but there's still some gripes where but you're saying, Charles, you took a month off. You went to go write the holy scripture of wrestling. Your determination, the biggest review. Your your uh, Cisco and Ebert with your thumbs up, thumbs down kind of thing. And uh, to put my best Bill Burr impression, it's really bad, guys. It's really oh, bad God. right now. It's so terrible. Oh, God. It's so terrible. Like, I don't know if you guys seen Rick and Morty, but you know the episode where they go on like this whole six-day serenade of saving this world, and they all get medals, and they're happy, and then they get into the spaceship, and just Rick and Morty, they just start busting out crying. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. That is legitimately how I feel, because creativity has been so stunted across all the boards, and some people applaud these changes, and I'm not – I'm not, and don't worry, we're going to save the bad stuff for last, so Vince McMahon's going to get it. Let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. You guys know that's a little bit of the darling. I say if you want great professional wrestling, matches-wise, watch a little bit of that. I've sent you guys some clips. You get a mixture of the Japanese-bred trained guys there. You get the international flavor from the American wrestlers. Moxley's a U.S. champion there. Juice Robinson's heading up some stuff there. Jericho pops in every now and then. It was good stuff, right? Mmm! They've been making some bad choices during their <laughs> return. As you know, my boy, you know, Tetsuya Naito, head of Los Ingobernables de Japón, there I said it, without finally getting my tongue twisted. Um, you know, he was double champion. The uh, New Japan. I don't know if you can see this tweet on the screen, Charles. Uh, but yeah, oh my god, it's perfect. Yes, love how New Hiroki Japan a month ago was like, hey everyone, we're coming back to bring you joy with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and now we're left like this. <laughs> that is literally how I feel. So let's talk about this. So we had mentioned it last time. Naito, double champion, wins at Wrestle Kingdom, beats Kodo night one, beats Okada night two. You're like, oh, great. This is great. He's getting his legitimate push. This is fantastic because Gato is usually a bad booker because all he loves is everything Bullet Club. Remember, Bullet Club is the NWO knockoff. It was originally this Gaijin unit, Gaijin being outside forces of international guys you know, it's where Finn Balor came from, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. Those guys are out there in the Americas. That was their kind of group. And so it's like, all right, you know, Naito, you're doing this for Los Ingobernables. We're doing this, right? So they come back. They had their uh, their little cup. They always have like a World Cup thing going on. That's why I call it for championships. So Naito's boy, Evil, 
wins it. So what happens is, because everything is a stable or a faction, I gotta explain that in New Japan. So you have Bullet Club, you have Chaos, you have Los Ingenables, and then you have Suzuki Gun, my boy Minoru Suzuki wrecking some shit. And then so Evil wins, so Evil wins the tournament, and it's like, hey, and Nano comes out, he's like, yo boy, you're my boy, but we're gonna we're gonna do this like men. So they go to do the Los Ingenables sign, and then all of a sudden Evil just does the two suite that's known for the Bullet Club, and then turns heel. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now you're going to have Evil, his wrestling name is Evil, E-V-I-L, capitals, going against Naito. So you're actually putting story, because that's the complaint I always have about New Japan. It does not have the entertainment value of like typical professional wrestling, but if we're going to go down this line, I'm all for it. Because I remember talking to my buddy, I'm like, there's no way Evil's going to win. There's no way. That's not happening. But what happened at Dominion? God on my soul? Out of nowhere. He wins. There's interference, then Dick Togo, a former WCW wrestler, but also a Japanese legend, I don't know enough about him, helps Evil interfere. So you have a guy who at best might be an intercontinental thing at level for mid-car for the Intercontinental Championship, is now your double champion. And poor Naito pissed away. And why? Because Evil is now the leader of the Bullet Club, and now he's double champion, because we all have to make the Bullet Club cool. And I get the logic of like, okay, we don't have the international wrestlers because Jay White, who is leader of the Bullet Club, he is in Australia, or, he, yeah, I think he's Australian, New Zealand. So he can't come over because of the travel restrictions, all this stuff. So you have to go make new stars. I get it. But, man, it wasn't good. It, it doesn't go there because, one, you're pissing on Naito, who was the one who created this inception of double champions. And they don't do that often in New Japan unless you're a tag champ, in addition with a singles champion. And Evil's still kind of not great in the ring to lead the brand. So you got to make new stars. But, bruh, what you doing? Because now they're going to have, at Summer Struggle, the rematch. But I don't think you're going to drop Evil from the title so quickly. So now Naito just gets pissed away. So why is it that you're always inconsistent? The guy is gold. Ah, New Japan. Awful, awful. Over at Impact, they had Slammiversary. Fatal Five-Way declared vacant champion because they fired Tessa Blanchard, who didn't want to come over and continue. So, you know, her whole story was she was the first female champion to cross over into the male championship and win that stuff. And Eddie Edwards wins. And on that night, like, all of the releases from WWE in the Black April or Black Monday, whatever you want to call it, of firings happened. They came over. You had Brian Myers, who is Kurt Hawkins, coming over. Eric Young came back. EC3 came back. All these guys came back. Good for them. Let them try. They're, they're trying. And you need diversity. You want to see good wrestling, and sometimes even if it's a weaker promotion, you might get some good wrestling in there. AEW, oh man, I'm not feeling it. I'm not like part of me feels it, and part of me doesn't feel it. And Cody, if you're hearing me out, I still watch your show. NXT still gets a little bit of my love. I still do your YouTube stuff, but you know, I need I need more consistency in your main event. I need you to establish some main event pushers. Because first things you do is, unfortunately, John Mox's wife, Renee Young, she got COVID. John quarantined. He couldn't be there, so you didn't have anybody kind of push that main event scene. You gave Ryan Cage, who basically looks like, you know, Wolverine on steroids with an additional 10 feet on him. You know, hold, be the contender, and he was like now the... Um, the FTW champion, which is between Taz, so Taz is a good mouthpiece, but then they had a match, and then they broke the match, or they, they had Taz throw in the towel, so they might rematch it, and I'm just not feeling it, because I think Cage got the push too much. The tag titles are still interesting. Kenny Omega and Adam Page are going to be very interesting to me until they lose those belts, because one of them's turning heel and for it. But now, like, 
what are you doing? Are you trying to catch grab? Are you stalling? What are you doing with Jericho? Right now you have him feuding with Orange Cassidy, and I love me some Orange Cassidy. The guy is basically like sloth-style wrestling where he's lazy, but, you know, we need engagement because Jericho is still kind of like that main event scene because really I only got like two or three names I can think of, and you're not helping me be invested into your complete two hours. Instead, what's happening, the product that's available, it's not stale, it's limited. Very different quality. There's a certain brand that's being stale right now. We'll talk about that when it comes, because it's coming. Oh, but boy. I feel that you know you you got to find a way to get the 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 wake up call. And part of it might be a limitation of the roster that's in use. However, they're doing a women's tag tournament, the Deadly Draw, as they call it. It'll be interesting. Single eliminations coming into it. Maybe that might be what they need. Um, Moxley, I'm kind of done with you, bro. I was hoping you come in, but I'm not ready for you as AEW champion. I think your run has been hurt severely. I'm all about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, a.k.a. MJF. I sent you guys that fire promo. It was delicious about how he's giving the State Union Wrestling where he's incidentally calling out Moxley saying that wrestling can't – or this brand at AEW can't get bigger because you have the old guard from a different place running around like babies complaining, but this is the problem. You can't necessarily cross-feud, in my opinion, because Brian Cage is still beefing with John Moxley for the title, and now somebody else is asking for Moxley for the title at a pay-per-view that's happening in September. you got to get some linear stories unless we're going to do a triple threat, and I don't think they're going to do any triple threats yet. Also, there was a very cringe-worthy spot between Darby Allin and Ricky Starks where Darby had thumbtacks attached to a skateboard, and he did the coffin drop onto Ricky Starks' back. Here's the thing. When I was a youngin', I loved me some blood and guts and all that stuff. Now, as an adult, I barely like a hangnail. Ricky Starks, you the real MVP for taking that. AEW, I don't think I needed that. I don't know, but I, I, I'm hoping that we get through this mud together. I always like alternatives because it's going to push Vince to panic. And when Vince panics, he either fails or he might make a good product. It's basically me having to Christmas shop or birthday shop at the 11th minute or the 11th hour and somehow I make a miracle happen. So AEW, there's some potential. Now it's time for the King Petty to come out here. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, what the hell are you doing? Because I I, I was like, alright, we're going to be good. And then last night at Raw, Shane McMahon's on my screen. We don't want Shane McMahon on my screen. And for the entire three hours, and mind you, I was only flipping and watching bits of it because I was ironing my dress shirts, and then also there was a commercial in the NBA, and they're like, oh, Shane McMahon has an announcement. I'm like, a new stable? You guys don't do stables that well. You're inconsistent with the booking. So, gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you a concept that cannot get more, like, vomity in my mouth for the sake of professional wrestling. Raw Underground? You know, I believe that's what we're calling it, where anything it, – it's kind of like a Fight Club-esque, very, like, wannabe Dave Fincher of David Fincher, the director of Fight Club, went to go do porn, um, where the thing is where there's not going to be a lot of rules there, and they try to make it seem like it, and I hope you can bring it up from the Twitter um, about what they have going on there, where yeah, they're, they're in, like, right this – like, this very grimy kind of setting where the guys are going to beat the hell out of each other. It's like a shoot-style kind of wrestling MMA kind of feel to it, and it's Vince's flavor of the week because ratings are down. Vince, you got to understand, buddy. Understand this. Ratings aren't just down for you. Ratings are down for everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not the only one here from the replies here on on, uh, on Twitter. WWE fans, we want something new. WWE, Raw Underground. WWE fans, shit and boring idea. <laughs> well, yeah, but here's the thing about WWE fans. We're fickle until it works. 
Because the thing is, I said the same thing about the 24-7 title, and there was a part of it where I found it was entertaining. Why? Because the wrestlers make it funny. The wrestlers make it compelling. The wrestlers make it interesting. Your idea of having an underground match would have been so much better if you implemented it into a feud, a blood feud, where two guys or two gals want to beat the holy crap out of each other, and then you say, we're doing this. You want to know how I know that works? Because there's a Lion's Den match with Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart circa 1997 or 1998. I believe it was 1997 where Owen basically went heel on Ken, tried to bake his his ankles, and then Dan Severino had to play as a ref, and it was this dungeon fight, and it was great because Ken Shamrock was an MMA fighter, and Owen Hart was trained in the Hart Dungeon. You can have these cool ideas. You you recently had one with Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle with your I fight mean, pit on NXT. Here it says uh, nearly 100,000 viewership rose just because people were like, what the hell is wrong? <sighs> And that's the thing, because we'll still watch it because fans are fickle. Because like I said, what if they strike gold? What if it's Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins and they had an eye for an eye match? A lot has happened, gentlemen, that I cannot explain just in this setting alone because I have to be pragmatic. But if you have a blood feud because Rey and Seth have been feuding, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are still pseudo-feuding. If you did the underground and two guys are trying to beat the holy crap out of each other and are saying, hey, no rules, no that, no holds barred, and we're going to make it like bare knuckle, and then I'm also going to powerbomb you, that's great because let me tell you something, guys. If I'm in a real fight, I don't know if I can kind of jab and move like you know Mike Tyson in that sense and knock you the hell out, but the one thing I'm going to try to do if I can get behind you is German suplex you. You know, that's, that's where it kind of makes sense in a pit or in a fight or anything on the ground. And then they're doing this, and I just hate Vince because I can't have nice things. Because on the negative side, it's not even just that. Bailey and Sasha have all the gold. My girl Asuka just can't have credibility as a champion anymore. So it gets personal because fickle, as you know, that when wrestlers I like get cracked on because for Vince's logic, which cannot be explained, it's just like the mysteries of the world. How are we made? Was it really Big Bang Theory? It comes down to Vince McMahon, what do you like? What do you do? Uh, because now you have two women holding all the gold, a lack of compelling story. You're not propelling people. Eh. But then there's like some good stuff. And let's talk about the good stuff because that's the problem with wrestling. It's an abusive relationship that I have with it. You know, I left for several years, but I was like, you know, damn it. Do you remember when like Hulk, you know, not Hulk Hogan, but when, uh, when Steve Austin came down with the beer truck and sprayed Vince, I'm getting sentimental. Let's get back into wrestling. So there's always something that draws you back in. You know, when you have a kid, you don't just have a kid with somebody for 18 years. You have that for that child until the end of your life, their life, or your spouse's life, or ex-spouse's life, baby daddy's life, whatever. That's how it feels about being with Vince McMahon. So there's some good stuff going on. Like, one, I think Randy Orton's going to finally win the WWE Championship off of Drew McIntyre. I like Drew, but the quality of competitors that they have provided to him have not been you know outstanding so i think randy is the guy you got to give that belt to it helps further what he's been doing he's been carrying the organization for a while the last couple of months outside of seth and oscar i'm fine I'm about it let's do it i'm ready i'm ready the other thing that puts a smile on that face is that my boy Big E of the new day they're kayfabing a story here that he's probably going to get a singles run and it's most likely against the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. And it's like a Kofi Mania light without it being organic. But I'm about it because some guys deserve their just dues, man. And I'm about it. So there's like the little things. Because with wrestling, it's a 12-month thing, man. It's not like sports where you get an offseason. You're always going. There's always going to be a stagnation. And trust me, I understand the lack of fans and also the lack of wrestlers that are available, that are opting out for their safety like Sami Zayn 
or are testing positive, like you know wrestlers who are not reporting it, you're not going to get certain guys. You don't have a Roman. You don't have these guys that even though if you don't like them, you still want to see them on your television for numerous reasons to create new dynamic stories because now we're getting rehashes. We're not getting new matches on the television. It's kind of disturbing. Mm. Other things to consider for the future of the show and future of my segments, Fiend and Braun are still going. So Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman are still going, and it was good. They had a Gator match at Extreme Rules, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. It, you know, The cinema stuff works with Bray to a degree it's entertaining to me and if the fiend gets the title back the universal championship then vince don't f it up because if not i'm gonna be hounding at you i'm gonna be like an angry you know an angry ex out there with not just you know me and all your clothes i'm gonna have your mama out there i'm gonna have your other exes and i'll be shouting at you like crazy <laughs> i'm gonna let everybody know what you are i'm gonna write cheater on your mercedes-benz if you drive a mercedes-benz <laughs> because i'm at this point where i'm like eh, if he if he just croaks or if he just gives away power that's all i want nxt has been doing good but it's time for some call-ups you know carrying cross is challenging uh so, oh yeah so this happened adam cole's no longer the nxt champion uh, at the at the bash or the Great American Bash, they won't call it everything, but Keith Lee finally beat him. So Keith Lee was a double champion. He's vacating the North American Championship. They're gonna have a five-man ladder match at the next Takeover, August 22nd. That's gonna be awesome. Um, and then Keith Lee and Karrion Cross is gonna happen. That storytelling is just beautiful. But the problem is, what do we do? Because Karrion Cross is the next big thing for them, but Keith Lee is like your loyal dude, and he's been carrying your brand since Survivor Series around that time period, so November. So are you going to call up Keith Lee if he loses the carrying cross? You can't have him look like a weak champion. I don't know. But other guys, it's time to call up the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, baby's got to get called up. It's time. you got to call up the other guys for Undisputed if you can. And then Johnny Gargano, it's time. Johnny's great. You had him do this heel run. But even if they don't make it on the main roster, they earn that right to kind of have some disparity because at the end of the day, NXT is developmental. And Vince also needs to understand that because I don't think he's ever really going to beat AEW on Wednesdays. But what you have to do is still take a piece of the pie. You might not beat them, but damn it, your your guys at USA still might be happy with it, depending on the demographics and everything like that. So Vince, for the love of God, fix your stuff. Get your house in order. Because I have not watched SmackDown in a while, and I'm like limiting my Monday night views to just when I'm ironing stuff. But I'll still watch NXT because I'm a whore for it. And that's all I got for you this week on The Cage in this very long extended edition of Sports oh. Goose, episode 69. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. We're we're at the end here. We're, we're, ooh, we are 19 minutes away from the three-hour mark. I don't think we've ever had a show this long. Uh, and, man, it's it's good to have sports back, even even if it's uh, if it's a little different. So we've got the New York Mets continuing to embarrass themselves. That's always a nice. That's that's some normalcy right there. And yeah, so I think the Andrews Rays were spanking the Red Sox. Yay! That was good. The Marlins are up one nothing right now in Baltimore. On the bottom of the screen there, that's great to see. And. Uh, yeah, NBA basketball. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Milwaukee Bucks. What the hell was that? They have nobody on that team. And Everybody's Jenny injured. Fowler's out. out here saying he likes Seth Rollins. <laughs> I love me some Seth Rollins. Seth has been uh, carrying it, man. Oh, yeah. 
and yeah, I mean, if you listen, look back at our old episodes. Charles got the scoop on wrestling. That's for sure. He is, he is legit guru there. But I think this is it, dudes. Uh, we'll call it a night. We'll be back next week for not so exciting seventieth episode of Sports Goose. At least not sounding, you know, like sixty nine is just awesome. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back nice. when we. Yeah, we'll be back for episode 420. That's going to be a great one. Yeah, that'll be a great one. Yeah. You know, it'll take a couple years, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, gentlemen, I'm I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to watch this Marlins game. Hopefully we win. And uh, screw COVID-19. Amen to that. Take care. All right, peace out, y'all. Yep. Astros are trash. Oh, yeah. They're winning 3 nothing, but they're still trash. <laughs>